Welcome back, everyone. This is Reels. This week, we are discussing the Brendan Fraser Mummy Trilogy, Gattaca, and Asteroid City. Um, so, you had a random movie thought, right? I did. Let's, let's start with that. Okay. Uh, so, in doing what we just watched, right? So, we watched a bunch of movies from the early 2000s. We watched a movie from the 90s, and then we watched Asteroid City, which was from this year. Right. I was thinking about it, and my movie thought, just in what we had to watch this week, was movies were paced better. Movies in the 90s and early 2000s are paced better, on average, than movies now. Yeah. They are just... Like, it's, it's stand out now. It's like a, a movie like John Wick, right? Just starts at 100 and never stops. All movies from the 90s and early 2000s started at 100 and never stopped. Well, you, so, have you ever heard, uh, I forget who gave this advice when writing a movie, but you should always start your scene at the last possible moment that you can and end it at the first possible so that it stays crisp. It might have been Hitchcock that said that, but I don't quote me on that. Yeah. Well, now it's just like uh, I think with, and you know we're big A twenty four fans, but I think with people who who are just letting these, letting these filmmakers do whatever they want, they're allowing them to make boring content, yeah. even though it's a lot of those movies are you know good on paper and they're good. When you watch them, but they're not, they don't have the rewatchability that old movies do. No. I think that you hit it, but I think also another factor is the streaming shows. They're essentially a 10 hour movie. Yeah. Oh, and they, yeah. Get, they get away with just letting things breathe. And sometimes it works. And like you said, it's good, but it doesn't feel like those old movies that you want to watch on repeat. Yeah, it's, it's like, I think especially like talk about TV shows being movies these days. The Last of Us. Last of Us was largely boring. Yeah. But everyone raved about it just because it has like a really nice overarching story. Uh, I've Playing the game, we realize that it's like a book thing, you know, the game is better or, yeah. or whatever, but... It's crazy that they they had all this extra time and they didn't use it right. Yeah, and they had like such cool ideas. They like how they you know you step on the fungus and whatever. Right. And it, but they was so underutilized because yeah. if you think about just shows from shows from when peak television was, which was you know right after Lost, essentially like every single episode of Lost is intense and exciting. Yeah. And you're just, you're just, you have this riveting feeling on the edge of your seat the whole time. Right. But man, you watch The Last of Us and you're just like, what is going on? Yeah, I don't know. And that's how movies are these days too. Right. But you only have to watch a movie once. <laughs> uh, and like some shows just work better. Like Game of Thrones works. Because... 90% of it is just political talking, behind-the-scenes bullshit. Yeah, but Game of Thrones works because every single thing of information is necessary for you to know yeah. that you're getting. So maybe it's not maybe it's not a, a pacing, or maybe it is a writing thing. People 
get lazy or they don't flesh it out enough, but they just put it on screen. You know what I'm saying? Like, I guess what I'm trying to say is movies in the 80s and the 90s particularly have a tight script. Oh, so it's ridiculous. Yeah, they, it is tight. Yeah, because I was thinking about um, when I watched Total Recall, which was like six months ago. The old one? Yeah, yeah. Okay. And, you know, all those, all the movies from that, from that era is you're at this location, you find out one little tidbit, and then you, you have like a little action piece, and then you, you move to a different location because the main character is usually running. Yeah. And then you find another little tidbit about the whatever mystery they're unsolving, and then and everything is necessary, and it's just, and people think you have to have all these like, like John Wick level action sequences to be enjoyable. I just want someone diving, and there's an explosion behind them. I'm totally fine with that. You know what I'm saying? Oh yeah. It's, you don't need all this flashy, like unless it's a kung fu movie, which don't get made anymore. Nope. Uh, which is funny because we're going to talk about action movies today with the mummies, and yeah. one of those is a kung fu movie. Yeah. Kind of, kind of. <laughs> uh, there's like one, kung, there's one scene where it's it's like partially you're like, oh, is this Crushing Tucker Hidden Dragon? No, no. <laughs> um, but yes, it's you don't need it all. Like if you think, like I'm totally fine with just people shooting. You don't have like that's it. I don't need my like I, I, my mind goes to Lethal Weapon, the, the action Lethal Weapon. It's just them having shoot shooting with a little bit of banter. Which is very akin to the the mummy movies as well. Yeah. But then the occasional explosion dive off of the thing. Yeah. Then there's occasional fighting and an occasional chase scene. Yeah. That's what you need. That's all you need. Yeah. You don't need none of this fancy, ten minute long action sequences. Just just give them to me good and keep the freaking pace going. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> so my original thought was have a movie thought as like a little intro and then introduce the the fucking podcast but we rant so much <laughs> that i don't know if it's gonna work we'll play with it we'll play yeah. with it <laughs> i think that'd be fun actually that's a good idea yeah so yeah welcome to reels this is uh a ranty podcast about movies and sometimes television even though right now it's gonna be pretty light on television i think for the foreseeable future yeah no uh chucky no. starts in october <laughs> i just started watching season two this week clutch because so, uh, because it just wasn't it didn't come out on streaming until no, it like, just i just saw a peacock, on peacock that yeah. it debuted this week yeah so i started watching it because I, I didn't have any other way to watch it and uh that some one of my favorite shows is is starting streaming this either this week or next week it's some i think it's like sex sex education love that freaking show well it's gonna be light on my end i'll, I'll watch chucky either i don't think there's anything coming up for me i know my my wife she's like oh she found out Ahsoka was out. She's like, we got to catch up on Mando and all this stuff and oh, just God. so we can watch Ahsoka. Supposedly, episode four is the banger. That's I, what it, I heard. Uh, yeah, but it's not out yet, I don't think. And people are people are speculating that, Anna, that we get to see an Ahsoka-Anakin live-action fight, which would be pretty freaking dope. That would be pretty cool. Um, so let's jump into the news. Not a lot. Obviously, with the strikes. But I did scrounge up some, some juicy bits. Okay. Um, they came out, I don't know who, if it was uh, Neil Druckmann or the show, the other showrunner, I forget his name, 
But they said that Abby has been cast. She was cast before the strikes. But they're not announcing who it is for obvious reasons. Yeah, that's... Um, season two's not slated for like 20... Not even 2024, is it? No, I don't think so. I think, I think it's 2025. Man, yeah. long time. Yeah, it's a long time. That's crazy that she's cast, though. They, had, they, they probably were like... We need to get this laid down so she can start fucking jacking yeah. up. <laughs> at least she's at least she has time to freaking. But if they're not paying her, then it's not going to work. Because <laughs> they they pay yeah. they pay actors to bulk up while they're bulking. For That's that true. Time. You're right. And with uh, that real famous TikToker who was real young who had a heart attack, but he was a big bodybuilder and stuff. Mm-hmm. And there's all sorts of. Uh, there's going to be all sorts of new things because now people are like, oh, maybe maybe being that fit isn't healthy, you know? Yeah. So now there's another TikToker who's getting real big and bulky and uh, all these doctors are getting on TikTok and they're like, his parents should be worried and blah, blah, blah. Oh my gosh. So We're canceling so now, the, the Jimmys now? Yeah, seriously. <laughs> so, so now they're going to be like hardcore on... It's going to be so impossible for whoever they cast because one, she has to be as... Around the same age as Bella Ramsey. Who doesn't look her age. Looks way younger. Yeah. And she needs to be more in shape than uh, Linda Hamilton was for Terminator 2. Oh, yeah. Which will not happen. It just it's won't happen. Hopefully they're just, they pick someone that's semi-big already. And they, she can just get defined and it's close. But that's an interesting uh, thing, though, about them bulking up knowing they have the part but it, they're on strike like that's a gray area that's like eh, maybe i'm just working out to uh feel better about myself <laughs> <laughs> i mean it's it'll be worth it in the end because the last of us is one of the biggest shows on when it's on yeah. on the planet so yeah, pedro pascal got paid for that for that show um Someone, I don't know who it is. I need to start writing the fucking names down. They said that there is a Pirates script ready to go once the strike is over. They didn't say if it was a Johnny Depp sequel or if it was the Margot Robbie uh, reboot or if it's something completely different. But there is a Pirates script ready to go. That's exciting. Uh, I don't know... Man, I don't know how I would feel if, like seeing a Pirates without Johnny Depp in it, or like the first the, when the trailer comes out yeah. and like watching it the first time because we're more Pirates fan than the average person because the average person stopped after the trilogy, yeah, not realizing that four and five are good. Four is good. Five is all right. Yeah, but they're not bad. No. The th- the third one's the worst one, uh, arguably. Yeah, a pacing problem. Maybe, maybe pirates could be one of our uh, series showdowns re- after the one we already have chosen. Yeah, I like that because I've only seen four and five once a piece. Me too, and I haven't seen the other ones in years. Yeah. So yeah, that's interesting. But like, why? Why are these? Is it because it's so slow that they're just grasping for Charles? Like, yeah, Abby's definitely been cast. Oh, there is a pirate script. Because they can't talk about anything else because of the fucking strikes. Yeah, I guess they're like getting that pre-hype. Yeah, I guess. Um, This is also strike-related or adjacent. Warner Brothers, Discovery, 
has suspended all of its producing deals. So with Greg Berlanti and Mindy Kalig and J.J. Abrams, and then there were some other names, but I didn't recognize any of them. You remember? You remember when J.J. Abrams got that half a mil or half a billion dollar producing deal to just produce like I don't know what it was seven projects for them. Oh, uh, was did he do like uh, the Cloverfield movie under that? Um, maybe, yeah. But yeah, like nothing's really came from it. I know he was working on a Green Lantern show, but basically what they're doing is they're suspending the deals for the time being, so they can't develop anything or have any staff getting paid to develop stuff. And you know, if it was a four-year deal and it's suspended for three months, those three months are just getting tacked on to when it normally would have ended. But so essentially, Warner Bros. is like not working. Dang. James Gunn is working on su- uh, on Superman. That's it. And I guess Creature Commandos is almost done. Man. That's yeah. crazy. Yeah. It's so that's insane. It is. It's bonkers. Just to shut the they're just shutting down down. It's cuz they're so broke. They can't afford anything. Yeah. But like we're going to have we're going to be struggling Content-wise, in about four months, and it's gonna be, it's gonna be like a half a year long of almost feeling like there's nothing coming out after these strikes get done. Yep. And the last one, the, my favorite one. Did you see about Rotten Tomatoes? No. Maybe I did. They had they had a guy come out and said that some of the PR teams for movies pay for reviews. Oh, man. <laughs> Let me tell you. Tom Cruise paid for Dead Reckoning reviews. Let me tell you. They said they said it's usually smaller movies, and it's usually smaller review websites, because everything gets weighted the same on Rotten Tomato. Like, even if, like, if you're running a blog that has 100 fans, or the New York Times, and yeah. it's all, it doesn't matter. It has the same weight to it. So they pay these tiny dudes and they're like, hey, just just uh just make it sound just positive enough so it goes towards the positive side. Yeah. That's crazy. That is insane. I bet that's what the dude did for Terrifier too. You think so? Dude, I can't in no way, shape, or form that anyone who's seen the first Terrifier. All I hear is that Tier Fire 2 is way better than it the first one. It sucks so hard, dude. I've never seen any it, of them. The first one is so good. The, the The only thing holding the first one back is its budget, which was, it had to have been under under 20000 It was under twenty. Yeah, oh, dude. Oh, my God. It was so, I didn't look it up. Uh, I don't know the official, but it was, it was made on, a, it was made on pennies. Jesus. And uh, this second one, he had, he probably had. Ten times the budget he had of the first one. And it sucks so hard. I know that it's way too long for a horror movie. It's so long. It never ended. Yeah, it's like over two and a half hours? I think so. It was it was forever. Me and my wife, when we were watching it, were just like dying. We were just ready to go to bed. <laughs> That's too long for most movies in general. That's way too long for a fucking slasher movie. Yeah. Is he a slasher or is it more of... I mean, I know he tortures. Is it more of a, yeah, a torture uh, porn? Yeah, kind of... Um, man, that's hard to explain him. Yeah? 
It's real hard because he's very violent and like very gruesome. Yeah. But he kind of just uses whatever's around, kind of like Michael Myers does. Gotcha. Okay. But that's all the news I got. So, did you get anything? No. Do we want to? We don't watch late night talk shows. Do you want to talk about the Jimmy Fallon Rolling Stone article? I did not see this. Oh. So, Rolling Stone released a deep dive article. They've been working on this for months. Mm -hmm. They had 16 employees that worked on uh, The Tonight Show with Jimmy Fallon. 14 previous, two current. They're all anonymous. That's pretty much just like an Ellen DeGeneres thing. That Jimmy is like a tyrant and terrible to work for and they have a high turnover rate. Damn. I think it just makes sense when you're on every night. Well, that's well, that's the thing, is I, I was there's so much pressure, yeah, to do a good show, and it's 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 like how um like how Ridley Scott has a a uh, reputation for being very mean on set. He's mean because he wants it to be perfect, and that's probably how Jimmy Fallon is. He's he, but they said that he also in the article says that he has a drinking problem or he oh, yeah. either had or has. No one knows if it's current or not. To where if he was hung over or something or in a bad mood that they would all just have a terrible day. Right. But it's crazy because obviously they're not doing anything right now because uh, of the strikes and whatnot. But supposedly after the article came out, uh, Jimmy got on a Zoom call with the whole staff and apologized. Hmm. So maybe he's owning up to it and realizes it. But I think... Also, people just need to get a little bit of because he didn't. They didn't say he was violent. He wasn't firing anyone. He was probably just in a bad mood or expects greatness. And you almost can't. You have to have that. I mean, so yeah. you have to have that to get like when I when you've seen me when I'm making like my student films when I was going to college. I was a mean. <laughs> I was I was mean, and I'm not a mean person. Like I'm just. Yeah, that's just how it is. Oh uh, yeah, doing doing something every single night live, that is a lot. That's a lot of fucking work. Yeah, and having writers that like that stay up all night looking for news right. to write you jokes for your opening monologue. Yeah. It's a, it's a lot. It's a lot for everyone. So I bet it is a stressful fucking job anyway. Yeah. But Yeah, everyone was trying to cancel everyone nowadays, so yeah, That's I hope, it's gonna be. yeah. It doesn't sound like he did anything cancel worthy, but to be honest, though, if I was in a situation where I got you know fifteen other people saying like, "Oh yeah, this boss, he fucked us over," I'm like, "Yeah, he did fuck us over." Because I'm trying to get some some of that money, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> <laughs> I ain't proud. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so, you have any rumors this week? No. Well, we have... You, oh, you just sent me the one about Josh Harnett. Rumored to be up for the role of Doctor Doom. Oh, my God, yeah. I forgot about that. Yeah. So exciting. Is it exciting? Yeah, it's it's incredibly exciting. Because, you know, I love Fantastic Four so much. <laughs> I don't think he is a good Doctor Doom. No, he will be. He's going to be older. He's going to be older Doctor Doom. And Doctor Doom's like Eastern European, isn't he? Supposed to be? Oh, I don't know. I don't pay attention to the comics. <laughs> I don't pay attention to the comics. I just... He's going to be better than that Nip Tuck guy who was in the first two movies. 
and then uh, Toby Kebbell was in the the really bad one. I've never seen that movie. Uh, first forty five minutes of that, the Miles Teller Fantastic Four, the first forty five minutes, amazing. Really? They're so good because I remember I watched it with our grandma, <laughs> and I told her I was like, this movie has it's like some of the worst reviews of all movies, and and we 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 had to stop because I think we were, she was in the middle of cooking something. We paused it. It was right around. 30 minutes in. <laughs> and we paused it right. We, we looked at each other and we're like, this movie's not bad at all. Like, this movie's freaking good. And then we kept watching. <laughs> yeah, apparently they cut that movie to shreds. Yeah. And forced him to do reshoots and shit. But um, it's exciting. I wish Josh Arnett would do a Batman villain. Uh, preferably like Two-Face or something. He'd be so good as yeah. Two-Face. My that's, God. That's good casting. Right yeah. There. But, uh, but yeah, I'll take him, and I want Josh Arnett to do a role because Doctor Doom is such a big role. He is a Thanos level villain in Marvel, the Marvel universe. Yeah. So then, just let him, if he gets to do multiple movies and, and possibly be a big bad for Marvel, I'm all for it because I think Josh Arnett needs his like Brendan Fraser renaissance. Yeah. Yeah, I mean it is. It it, it might be what makes me watch some of these movies because I've been off of the Marvel movies. Um, but I feel like I'd much rather him be in something else. A different big movie. Yeah. Well, he is... I say Josh Arnett, he's in the almost in the middle of his renaissance because he, while he wasn't advertising the trailer a lot of, of Oppenheimer, he's in Oppenheimer a lot. I bet he's in Oppenheimer for a, a third of the movie. He, which is it's a three-hour movie, so it's a it's a big chunk, right? Across the whole, he's in the whole movie. He's but you know, right? I get, I get what you're saying. Yeah, I mean, he's always he had the chance to be big though, but he didn't want to. Be. He didn't want to be back then, and now I think he just wants the money. Yeah, which is fair because he's been working for fifteen, twenty years doing the little stuff, you know, doing the art stuff. Yeah, but. I feel like, yeah, I want him on Batman. I want him somewhere over there. I even saw an article that said that his character is the most important character in Oppenheimer. Hmm. And the only other rumor that I have, uh, last week we talked about Clayface being a part of Batman 2. This week, apparently Dick Grayson will be a part of Batman 2 somehow, too. (laughs) Robert Pattinson's not that old to be having a Dick Grayson. I mean, he's going to be like a 10-year-old Dick Grayson. That's how that's how he started out. Man. I th- <laughs> Does that make you mad? I don't know if it makes me mad. Uh, it's just going to be hard to cast. It's- yeah, especially if it is going to be younger. They missed out. Uh, this sounds stupid before I say it. Mm-hmm. But like a perfect young... Not perfect, but like a good... It's hard to find good young actors. Yeah. But you had one in Jacob Tremblay, but now he's freaking grown. Yeah, I don't know if he would have been a good Dick Grayson, though. He could have been good real young Dick Grayson. Yeah. Right, like, parents just died Dick Grayson. He could have done that. I think that's what this will be. It makes, it's the only thing that makes sense. Are they going to have, like, Clayface kill his parents? Maybe. That'd be weird. That'd be crazy. It could be, like, one of Clayface's... Aliases from before all ties back into now. 
whatever personas he's been putting on. I'm trying to think if Matt Reeves has ever done a movie with like a kid pretty prevalent in the story. Dawn of the Planet of the Apes has some kids. Not like main. Yeah. Uh, he stays he stays pretty pretty well away from them. Yeah. It's hard to do kids. And Spiel, Spielberg is about the only one that pulls it off. James Cameron. Oh, James Cameron, yeah. Mm. Yeah, it is rough. That was a different movie thought. <laughs> I have another movie thought, but we'll wait. I mean, I like that uh, the sidekicks are going to get more more chances to shine. Because, like, the Robin we got in Batman Forever and Batman and Robin is laughable. I like those movies, like, a lot, like, way more than I should, but I know that that's ridiculous, those movies are, you know? Yeah, no, yeah, it's true. I do like Chris O'Donnell, though, like, he's a, I like him. Yeah, I mean, I like, I like those movies, but why is, why is this 18, 19 year old man getting, getting adopted by Bruce Wayne? Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, it's weird. I don't know if they're gonna go young. I think, how old is Robert Pattinson? Is he just, like, low 30s? Yeah, I think so. Is that... See, when I watch the Batman, I envision him as, like, a 26, 28-year-old 20, Bruce Wayne. I think that's what they were going for. So, know? it's... Like, a mid-20s, man. upper 20s. That's yeah. prime time for young Dick Grayson. Really think so? Yeah. He has to be at least 13, though. Because it just doesn't make sense if he's younger. You ain't gonna have a. How it's so hard to bring to the a live action screen a thirteen year old kid beating up a bunch of freaking mob mobsters. Yeah, and the crazy thing is, is Robin's actually like eight usually, and that's why everyone's like Batman's fucking psycho. <laughs> <laughs> he's just a little kid hanging out with some dudes, <laughs> beating the fuck out of people. Yeah, it would, it's good, it would be so interesting to watch how violent Robert Pattinson's Batman is fighting. Teach a teenage, like a just turned teenager kid, how to fight and be that violent. Wonderful. I, I bet he tones it down now, though, because of the end of the Batman. He's not vengeance, he's hope. <laughs> <laughs> he might tone it down. It'll be it's an interesting thing to watch. It's it's one of Batman's like most important subplots to his character. That uh, it'll be nice to watch him ch- like change, watch his arc. Yeah. But uh, did you know Mask of the Phantasm is about to have its thirtieth anniversary release? Uh, I saw that it was coming out on fucking Blu-ray a couple yeah. months ago. Yeah, we got the DVDs in. Let me tell you, the uh, I have the animated series. When they redid it on Blu-ray, I got that shit and watched it all. Crisp. It's gorgeous. I heard, um, I think I was watching, like, Animators React to the Corridor Crew YouTube channel or whatever. Mm-hmm. And they had, they had some, he was, he was an, I don't even know who it was, but... Just an animator, and they were talking about how, because everyone used to draw in twos, right? You have 24 frames per for a movie, but they would draw up for 12, 12 frames a second instead mm-hmm. of 24 just because... It's way easier. Yes. 
but when they do remasters and stuff, they have there's an AI thing and it just takes the f- takes the f- photo from each frame and it just makes one that goes in between them. What? Yeah. So then they can have a full, nice, smooth twenty four frames. I with like no work. That is crazy, yeah. bro. Yeah, <laughs> that's definitely what they did with this because it is fucking crisp. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> It's insane. That's why when you watch a uh, like Studio Ghibli movie, because they draw on ones, it's so smooth and buttery. Too much work. Oh, it's a lot of work. Yeah, that's dumb. I just saw I didn't put it on here because I don't care. Uh, <laughs> but I saw that the vice president of Studio Ghibli had retired, and he came back out of retirement. It's like, I can't leave it. I'm making too many movies. Uh-huh. I got movie ideas. <laughs> that's funny. Is it uh, the you know, Miyazaki, the... the no, it's not him. Yeah, it was something, something Miyazaki, I think. Oh, because so the boy and the heron, which is like the new Studio Ghibli movie that he just released without no trailer or anything really. Yeah, uh, is his last, quote unquote, was supposed to be his last movie, but now he's oh, yeah. debating. Oh no, that's I think that's definitely the one that yeah. I saw. Yeah, because <laughs> even even people, uh, I saw an article. It was literally the day this morning. Talking about how he's the greatest animator, greatest living animator currently. Hmm. There's not a lot of not a lot of history for animators, so he might be the greatest ever. Mm, possibly Walt Disney. Yeah, yeah, he ain't beating that. <laughs> <laughs> but greatest living, they said. Maybe um, Walt Disney is living. Oh. <laughs> uh, next section: trailers. I know we watched a bunch of trailers. Uh, I only got three. I have four. Well, yeah, we just watched one together, so... Uh, I guess we'll start with Bike Riders. Yeah. But bike Riders was the most popular amongst, like, my media. I saw most people talking about that movie. It's got uh, a good cast. Great cast. They got a Michael Shannon in there. There's a guy in there... In the trailer, he's all makeuped up. He has a big beard. He's wearing sunglasses and long hair. But he's supposedly he's someone super famous. And I, I, someone said it, but I, I forgot it in passing. Yeah. And uh, but everyone's talking about this as like the the Oscar bait movie of the year. They're talking about aside from Killers of the Flower Moon and Oppenheimer, like this is gonna be the next one to slide in there and take like the. It's people are expecting this to be one of the most nominated movies of the year. Which I don't, the trailer doesn't, doesn't give me the vibe of an Oscar bait movie. It just gives me the vibe of, you have a lot of really talented actors, but they are all Oscar nominated. They are all Oscar nominated actors. Yeah. Are they all? No, just nominated. Yeah. Yeah, because Jodie Cummer didn't win, right? No. And Michael Shannon didn't win Michael either. Michael Shannon hasn't won yet. Should have been nominated for Man of Steel. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Yeah, it doesn't, it didn't do a lot for me, the trailer, mostly because I just don't like biker uh, movies or television shows like people that love Sons of Anarchy. I just don't get it. I I don't find following in what is essentially a gang do crime and random bullshit. It doesn't do anything for me. I don't. I don't feel sympathy for anything, so I can't. I can't follow. Like I don't get invested. 
Yeah. This there's two things that this movie has that makes me kind of want to watch it. One is that Tom Hardy, the character Tom Hardy's playing, looks super interesting. Yeah, it looks like so interesting. So interesting, Uh, especially the dynamic of him talking to Austin Butler's character, like saying "I need you," while Austin Butler's wife is like, "You need to get out of the gang." So it's going to be a weird dynamic, right? Uh, And then the fact of how it's there's a there's a way. God, what was I going to say? It's like how it's filmed reminds me of a different movie that I really love, but I don't remember. Oh, the way it, the way it looks like it's made, it reminds me of Mud. I, I, with yeah, Madison Hanna. Yeah. So I'm like, that that's, that's kind of has my interest peaked. The Place Beyond the Pines, that kind of vibe? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Place Beyond the Pines, freaking God. That's Ryan Gosling's best performance, and that movie is good. so good. <laughs> I told um, that's a that's a whole side story. I can't even talk. About. <laughs> it's already so long. Have you ever um, have you ever seen Dog Day Afternoon? I have not. Be no of it. Yes. So pe- uh, a lot of people consider like Dog Day Afternoon one of the greatest, if not the greatest, bank heist movies. Even though it's less about the bank robbery and more about the characters. But, like a place beyond the pines. Yeah, so I was talking to a guy at work. He's a big film dude. He went to school for film. He's way older than me, but we talk about movies a lot. And he, we were talking about Place Beyond the Pines, and he was telling me he doesn't like Ryan Gosling. I'm like, have you seen Place Beyond the Pines? He said yes. And I was like, his performance is so good in that. It's it's equ- it's you can equate it to. Al Pacino's performance in Dog Day Afternoon. And he thought I lost my mind. Oh, no. It is it's, that good. It is that freaking good. It's better, I think. You've never seen it. I've seen enough. <laughs> I've seen Pacino in enough that I know that this was better. It's... it. He... he I will say it's harder for... Pacino's in a, a two-plus-hour movie doing it for the whole time. And Ryan Gosling's in this movie for ten minutes. And, you know... It's more like... <laughs> 45 it's, yeah. it's more like a half of a movie yeah but he has 10 minutes of screen time you know what i mean <laughs> but yeah uh so it is he had an easier workload but who else is in that movie jake oh. Hall? no bradley cooper bradley cooper yeah, yeah bradley cooper eva mendez yeah <sighs> i don't remember yeah that movie turns into a completely different movie halfway through yeah it just flips a switch that movie's good my god yeah, we'll watch that soon. Soon. Um, so yeah, I, I can see where you're getting those vibes from the trailer, and like, Mud and A Place Beyond the Pines are both fantastic movies. So, I get the excitement for that. You uh, you've never seen Jodie Comer though in like a big role. I have not because you've never watched that movie with Adam Driver and Matt Damon. Uh, Ridley Scott's Night movie. Oh, the last duel. The last duel. Yeah, no, I've not seen it. Yeah, when you watch that, I think you'll you would more. If you watch the last duel, you would be more because she's basically she, the the main character. She is the main character in the last duel. Yeah. No, no, in this movie. Oh yeah, she's like, narrating it. She's narrating it. She's giving an interview, and even mm-hmm. though it looks like it's not going to be about her, it, it I think it is about her, which yeah. is it, almost interesting enough for me to want to watch it. But like your game. From the outside. But it couldn't be about her, though. Think about Interview with a Vampire, right? He's interviewing Brad Pitt, but Tom Cruise is the main character. 
Tom Cruise is not the main character. Yeah, no, so he is. No, so. Lestat just seems like the main character because he's just the best character, no, but he's not the main character. He is. I should have put this as a movie thought. <laughs> Friggin' Lestat is the main character of Interview. But that's okay. We'll talk about that. <laughs> um, so I just, I saw a teaser or no, a TV spot, I guess, actually, for Expendables 4 last night while watching the game. And I just wanted to talk about it specifically because the tagline at the end um, said, definitely rated R. <laughs> After the third one was PG-13, and everyone was like, what the fuck is this bullshit? <laughs> it's a definitely rated R. Yeah. <laughs> I thought that was fucking hilarious. Wasn't, wasn't the first two rated R, too? Yeah. yeah RR, mm-hmm. success, success. PG-13, because they wanted to get more money. Like, you fucking idiots. You don't understand what yeah. you're doing. Yeah, you, you have an audience. <laughs> and you just, you're supposed to, you know, mold to them. Right. It's like, the whole, the whole thing is about recapturing that 80s action movie. All of those are rated R. Not a single one of those is PG-13. Yeah. It's true. Yeah. I don't know if I've ever seen uh, Expendables 2 or 3. I've seen all of them, and all of them are fucking awful. But the third one is like so bad that I don't I don't even remember what happened in it. This movie looks bad. Makes me look sore. It looks yeah. awful. Well, they're making it looks like they're making Jason Statham the main character. Well, there's like a bunch of younger people too. They're not even '80s action stars anymore. Yeah, yeah. They got a uh, Megan Fox is in it. Yeah. Then they got Tony Jaa. Yeah, which Plus, is kind of cool. They have Tony Jaa, and then they have the guy from uh, The Protector. Oh, uh, what is his name? Yeah. I know what you're talking about. Yeah, they both of them. I'm like, that's weird. Um, I'll look it up. Okay. The, yeah. the Protector, man. I tried to get my wife to watch that, and she did not want to. What? It looks so good, though. It is so good. Yeah, why did she not want to? She just... Doesn't think she likes oh. kung fu movies? Kung fu movies are just anime live action. Yeah. I spe- oh, dude, I tried to get her to watch Kung Fu Hustle. No, that is Tony Jaa. Oh, the it protector. is? Who's this other dude in The Expendables 4? I know there's two of them. <laughs> That's what I was thinking. I was like, I think... Because they're, they're, you see them both on, uh, on screen at the same time. Maybe you don't. Oh, no. Uh, oh, it's... Uh, the, I don't know what his... I would butcher his name so bad. Aiko Uwas. He's an Indonesian actor. He looks... I mean... I look like Tony Jaa. Yeah, he's definitely... Uh, he was in the... The guy from The Raid. He's in. Ah, he's yes. from The Raid. There we go. Uh, yeah. So it's weird. Got a little bit of young blood, a little bit of old blood. Dolph Lundgren looked like he hacked in his balls off. (laughs) 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 Oh, God. That was fucking hilarious. No, the movie's not doing anything for me. No, I won't go see it. (laughs) Um, What else did you you see for trailers? So we talked about bike riders and the Expendables. Yeah. Uh, God, where was it at? Uh, Thanksgiving. Did you watch this teaser trailer? I did not. So this is the the Grindhouse trailer that's finally being made into a movie? I guess. I didn't know that. It's the slasher, right? 
Yeah, it is a slasher. It's from Grindhouse. I yeah, you remember. remember the you remember the Grindhouse trailers? Like Machete was one. Yeah, I know Machete was one. Thanksgiving was one. Oh, yeah, this is awesome. Yeah, it looks fun. Uh, just some dude dressed up like a pilgrim killing people with the axe. So <laughs> yeah, cool. Yeah, that's what the trailer. And uh, was like, yeah. the pretty, pretty, pretty dude from Grey's Anatomy's in it. Handsome man, whatever they call him, Mister Fantastic. What do they call him? <laughs> pretty <laughs> boy. <laughs> one of them is. Uh... McDreamy and McDreamy. McSteamy, I think. Oh, is their name. McDream. They have McDreamy. Patrick Dempsey. Patrick Dempsey. Yeah, he's a uh, Mr. He's Fantastic. <laughs> <laughs> he look, he look like Doctor Hot. <laughs> Doctor Hot. Oh yeah, god, that's I love it. Freaking funny. <laughs> uh, so anyway, what was the movie? I'm Thanksgiving. Oh, so yeah, it, it was a hard teaser. It oh. literally just um, a guy. You would know him if you saw him. He's not a big name. He's Given the, the what is that called? Like the speech before the Thanksgiving dinner. What, what's the time period? Modern time, time, I okay. think, yeah. And then uh, given the speech before, and then it just kind of flashes through a bunch of people dying. That's nice. it. It's a, it's a true teaser. It's only like a minute and some change. Nice. You know, when I when Grindhouse first came out and they were talking about making some of the te- the the fake trailers into real movies, I was like 100% gung-ho, like let's fucking do it. I've never seen... You didn't see Machete? I've never seen Machete. I've seen Machete. I didn't see the second one, but... I know they made another... There was, there was one other one that already got made, and then they, they've been making this one for years. They've been trying to. The uh, Machete, man. Machete's got some funny freaking moments. <laughs> it's so funny. <laughs> he walks in. Danny Trejo walks up. And he's To get into this, this like, uh, the dude he's trying to kill... To get into his big old mansion that has all these bodyguards and stuff, he just gets a freaking, he just gets like a rake and a leaf blower and just walks up to the door. And they're like, oh yeah, you can come in. <laughs> <laughs> oh gosh, that is funny. God, it's so funny. <sighs> okay, so the last two trailers that I saw are the two Godzilla trailers. The, the, the Toho Godzilla movie, Godzilla Minus One, and then the Monarch show. So okay. Which one do you want to talk about? Well, let me do my last trailer because those are both more exciting than my last. Oh, one. okay. So. I did want to just mention the burial. This trailer just came out before we started. It came out today. Um, it's a Jamie Foxx, Tommy Lee Jones movie. Court drama. Pumped. I love courtroom I dramas. I love courtroom. Based dramas. on a true story. Uh, Tommy Lee Jones is super rich or something. Someone's suing him. He his lawyer sucks, so he hires Jamie Foxx, who is um, pretty much. It's, I don't remember what the time frame is, but people are still racist. Yeah. R- real racist. His whole entire, he has his own law firm. He's real successful, never lost a case. His whole law firm is black. Uh, so it's like black reverse To Kill a Mockingbird. Sure. I don't, know to, I don't know To Kill a Mockingbird that well. So that one is a black man back in the, in the days, like when they were still lynching. Mm-hmm. A uh, white woman says that he raped her, and oh, no yeah. one wants to. It's all coming back to me. No one I, wants to do it until the one guy's like, "Oh, I'll be your lawyer." Yeah, he's a real good lawyer, though. Yeah, and uh, yeah, that's that's pretty much it. Jamie Foxx is at his greatest. It's nice to see Tommy Lee Jones in a movie for a while. I feel like he hasn't been working. He's old. Yeah, but yeah, courtroom dramas are are always freaking nice. Yeah. Okay, so which Godzilla one do you want to talk about? 
I'll let you decide. You're more of a Godzilla guy, so which one? We'll go whichever one you want. Because I've seen both. I watched both trailers. We'll we'll talk about Godzilla minus one. Okay. Because I I don't know that much. Of, you know. Yeah. About the, what are those called? Like what's that that version? Toho. Of, Toho. Yeah. Toho Godzilla. I'm not super well versed in those. Um, it looks fucking awesome. Oh, it looks incredible. Yeah. Like it's. Back to like uh, like real horror, um, not only just because a monster's attacking, but like he is like I don't know necessarily if it's uh, he is a symbol like or, like it's supposed to be like an atomic bomb, like the original one was, but it's something similar to that. You know, like they're they're capturing that tragicness, and this happens. This movie happens right after World War II, right after the bombings. So, I know I, re- I read an article saying Japan got reset to zero after the bombs hit. Oh, so he's taking a minus one. So he is taking them minus one. Oh, that is what the titles. That's awesome. So, like that movie, like just the premise of it sounds incredible to have Godzilla back in the late forties. Attacking Tokyo. Yeah. And straight up attacking humans, not protecting them. Right. Quote unquote. Yeah, which is, hasn't been like that for a long time, even on the Toho side. You know, Shin, Shin, Shin was, right? Shin Godzilla is more of like a, he's more like a, just a force of nature that happens to be walking through cities. Oh, so he's like a, like a tornado or a tsunami. Kind of, yeah. And that's what the movies, uh, that movie is about the younger generation who are less uh, traditional than the older generation in Japan and them clashing about how to deal with Godzilla. Hmm. So it is like them trying to figure out what to do about a natural disaster. It just happens to be Godzilla. Gotcha. But yeah, I think it looks awesome. I'm fucking pumped. I can't believe Godzilla fans are eating as well as we are right now. Yeah. Oh, and, and Japan's they Toho's never thrown huge amounts of money at their projects. They look like they're throwing money. They're ready to they're ready to take on the American Godzillas for sure. Yeah, I think Shin Godzilla did so much better than they thought cuz that was like that's like the first one that released over here also. It didn't release super wide, but it still released in some theaters. And I think it just did way better than they thought. So I think that they're they're going wide this time, maybe. Yeah, it's exciting. I'll have to watch Shin before this one, even though it has nothing to do with it. But right. Shin just looks so good. If you if you've ever seen like the pinnacle climax climatic scene from Shin Godzilla, it's one of the most beautifully beautiful things you've ever seen on screen. It's funny that you, that's that's what you've seen. Just yeah. that. Yeah. <laughs> um, so let's talk about Mo- Monarch, which is. Apple TV's or Apple TV Plus, is that what it's called? Yeah, I guess. I feel like they just they just call it Apple TV. Okay. Apple TV's uh TV sh- or Godzilla show that's set in the new Godzilla timeline. Yeah. The Godzilla 2014 timeline? Yeah, the the yeah. King Kong versus Godzilla the Yeah. I guess the legendary timeline. That's that's who makes it. Legendary Pictures. So this is set it kind of looks like in between a bunch of other movies. Like, John Goodman was in it, who was in 
in Kong Skull Island. Um, and then we also see Godzilla attacking, which looks like it's from the second Godzilla movie, but from a different perspective. Yeah. So it looks like it's all over the place, but we're getting the story of Monarch, which is the government agency division that is supposed to find and contain these monsters. And uh, kudos to the casting, having Kurt Russell and then having his son play younger him. Oh, was that his son? That is his son. Nice. It sounded like him. Yeah, because he's the guy, he did the, uh, he was in the Falcon Winter Soldier show. He's the... Oh, he's, he's the, the new guy? He's the bad Captain America. Right. Uh, so what did you think of the trailer, though, just in general? So, so exciting. Like, I'm sitting there, and you when they show Godzilla in the trailer, he looks just as good as he does in the movies. Yeah. And the, the, I don't even want to know how much... <laughs> the only show on television... There's only two shows on television that have that kind of money... Yeah. A side or three. You you have House of Dragon and Last of Us and then Lord of the Rings. Lord of the Rings, yeah. It's crazy to me that Apple decided, you know what? We're gonna take Godzilla and throw that much money at it. And it looks incredible. You know, it's honestly better like I think that's a better choice than The Last of Us and Lord of the Rings to throw your money at. Yeah, I mean it if you did the Lord of the Rings right, it would make sense. <laughs> but yeah, yeah I, The Last of Us doesn't make sense. You don't have to throw that much money in. No, especially when they don't even do anything with the money that they had. Yeah, it's true, yeah. It's fucking crazy. But yeah, this, I thought this, I was excited about the show, but I was a little bit weary just because of the money. But now, after seeing this trailer, I am fucking pumped. Yeah, and having Kurt Russell, like a big name, yeah. to attached to it, awesome. And, uh, and we're going to see monsters. Like, they showed five, six monsters in this trailer. And this was a short teaser. Yeah, and the fact that um, I was the anti-Apple dude, right? Start, you know, But then we recently started watching all their shows that were coming out. I got a lot of faith in them because they got freaking... They have the top, like, some of the best shows on television right now. Silo's my favorite show on TV at the moment. Yeah. They, uh... It's a shame that... The streaming service isn't as popular as some of the other ones because they do put out some fucking bangers. Yeah, they definitely have not as wide. The reason is I don't think it's as popular is they their variety is they don't have a lot. Yeah, but they're all of their original shows. There's like a standard. I bet you could watch a bad Apple TV show and it'd still be good. I did watch a bad one. It was that uh, the Surface one, and it was still decent. Yeah, it wasn't Severance. Yeah, I mean, you know, Severance and Silo and Ted Lasso alone, those are yeah, those are top tier television. Yeah, and I would even say the the one with Harrison Ford and dude. Oh yeah, uh, Shrinking. Shrinking. Yes. Man, that, that's a great show. It's a good show. All right, so on to the movies. Finally, <laughs> I feel like we haven't been going that long. No, not really. I'm just so tired. <laughs> Um, so unfortunately we have to start with a rewind that's that's just the order that we we were doing we've it. established yeah so okay. we're going to talk about Gattaca first oh okay so what do you think 
Oh, I want to preface this. I wanted to do this at the start of the show. Sorry. Okay. Last week when I was talking about Gattaca, I thought that I was talking about Solaris. Because I have a movie list of everything that I want to watch, and they're right next to each other, and I don't know a single thing about <laughs> either one of them. So we, I thought that I was watching a fucking 60s classic sci-fi. That was, a 60s <laughs> Tarkovsky movie. Right, that's, that's two hours and 50 minutes long. That's what uh, I thought I was going to watch, and I'm watching Uma Thurman yeah. and Ethan Hawke. I got, I got mad. Oh, <laughs> I bet. There's the only director who's even who's even mentioned to be on an equivalent level of Stanley Kubrick is Tarkovsky. Yeah. And you wanted to see Tarkovsky's 2001, essentially, yeah, in Solaris. That's what I thought. Yeah, we and then you've got to watch Gattaca, 1990s kind of sci-fi movie. Yeah, barely, but... It's good, though. I feel like it's fucking <laughs> good. <laughs> <laughs> I, got, I got mad for, like, half a second, and then I started the movie, and I was like... Okay. Yeah. Okay. Here we go. All down. It, 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 you know what? You know what? You know why you got excited? It all has to do with that pacing. The pacing. The pacing. It's a tight script. You free up. <laughs> <laughs> You're just going. Uh, I'm glad you liked it because I didn't think that. I wasn't sure if you were no, like this. I do think that the. Uh, um, I do think the end of the movie could be better than what it was. I think that. Uh, I think that that's the worst part of the movie is like the last the last 15 minutes. Interesting. Um, Kind of. I also I like, I like I like Jude Wal- Jude Law's character arc, but I don't like how it's it's a, it's a mixed bag. Okay, it's a, a lot happens in those last yeah. ten minutes. Because like, I really don't like man. Well, we'll before I do any spoiler. Okay, we'll just talk talk about what did you think of the movie? Oh, I thought it was fantastic. Yeah. After I got done watching it, I just kept thinking about it, and there are if if. There are a lot of little subplots or character arcs that I feel like could be expanded and be their own movie. And like that is how good I think this movie is. I think the detective storyline, you could expand that and make a detective movie in this world. Or the the romance storyline, I feel like you could do a sci-fi Romeo and Juliet in this world and it works. The Jude Law character alone, yeah. I feel like, could be a whole movie by itself. It's bonkers how how much or how many ideas they did, and they did them all well. Yeah, it, this is this is Jude Law at his freaking best, man. He was so standout good in this. The only other thing that he does his 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 Dumbledore is so good as well. Yeah, the, the, really the, this is. is so this is on that level of good. He's so great in this movie. Uh, I even think you could do a whole subplot on why the murderer m- murdered on the I don't want to spoil, but we might just have to go into spoilers right away. Why yeah, Well, let's talk, well, let's give our rating and then we'll go to spoilers. Okay. And when we we're eventually going to be doing videos once we do videos, we're going to have to put a... Spoiler warning? No, a... Well, we'll do that, but we'll put a, a time frame thing. What's it called? Oh, you... I got to do all that work, you know? <laughs> God, <laughs> well, no, you don't got to do it in the video. I'm saying, like, in the comments. Like, this start, this topic starts there. This topic starts oh, there. Oh, yeah. You know what I'm saying? But you can only do that on YouTube. Right. I mean, is that the only, that's the only place the video is going, isn't it? Correct. But just, just for, like, people who listen as a podcast, we can't do anything for them. 
Yeah, we're gonna, we're gonna but this is a rewind. This movie came out in 1997 or whatever. <laughs> That's so, true. So you, if you haven't seen it, it's whatever. <laughs> That's you know? true. I we guess. will only do like true <laughs> save till the end spoiler things for movies that are less than two years old. Okay. Oh, that's fair. That's fair. <laughs> so what was your rating? Uh, I gave it an eight. An eight? Yes. I, I gave it a nine. Nine. Yeah. Dang. Because everything that you said about the ending, I, I disagree with. I fucking loved it. So, the thing about the ending, we're going into the spoilers. Spoilers. Is right I, now. The, the one thing I did not like, like uh-huh. absolutely hated, was when he swam with his freaking brother again. I was like, what am I watching? What's this movie about swimming? Yeah. <laughs> That's just symbolic. It, yeah, but it was dumb. It was so stupid. And so then I, I, I was hating the movie. I was hating it after that. Because <laughs> so I was like, oh, I, I really didn't like it. And uh, I, then, like, Uma Thurman, when, when Uma Thurman's character finds out that he's not who he says, or that was technically before the swimming, but... They resolve I, it after. Yeah, I like that she still wants to be with him, even though he's not who she thought he was. Yeah, I really like that. And what what turned me from hating this ending? This could be an eight point five as well. I, but I was feeling eight right afterwards. Mm-hmm. Uh, what was what really like switching from like oh god, I'm, I'm this movie made me so mad was when the the doctor at Gattaca knew he was knew this whole time that he was not jerome yeah and the fact and then he said that his boy uh like looks up to jerome but his boy also has problems too health problems i think or he couldn't afford to make him perfect yeah and so he's like oh you're not perfect and look what you've achieved so my boy can do the same and i thought i was like oh that's so like beautiful and just let it happen. Yeah. So, did you did you see the brother coming? Did you did you have any idea? Oh no. There was like a. Um, it, it it was one of those moments where when he yells his name, when he yells Vincent. Yeah. It it made that make sense. Yeah. It was like you read in your mind the whole movie flash before and it was yeah. different. You're like, oh my god. <laughs> You're like, it all makes sense now. Yeah, and how. Uh, Alan Arkin's character was like, we gotta go after this, uh, what do they call him? Invalid. Yeah, we gotta go after this invalid. And he's, the whole movie, he's like, no, no, we're not doing that. Blah, yeah. blah. It all makes sense. It all makes sense. It's, it was, that's when I was like, that's when I was from like an 8, 8.5 up to a 9. I was like, oh my god, I fucking love it. And I'm okay with them going out and swimming. Because the older, or the younger brother... Should be more successful than this invalid. And he's been living with that his entire life. You know? And he was. Like, he, he didn't he didn't have to try. He was better than him. All the way up until that one time he wasn't. And he had to get saved. And now it's been eating at him for his entire life. This is why I said it could be its own fucking movie. It's been eating at him for his entire life. That The one time he finally reconnected with his brother, he's like... We're going swimming. Like, I'm not... Like, it's a very brother thing to do. Yeah. It'd be like, no. I don't care what you're fucking saying. We're going swimming right now. So I, I liked it. Yeah. There was a part of me that... 
This is definitely a thinker, right? I just watched this movie last night, and I finished it this morning. <laughs> and so, initially, when you were when watching the swim scene, I thought that his brother was going to win, and I almost wanted his brother to win. But it makes more sense that he lost. There's, a, there's a lot they could have done. They could have. Yeah, but Ethan he, Ethan Hawke could have let him win. But like, then you don't get that great line of "I never saved any for the." For the return swim. Oh, yeah. Like a, that was oh, a yeah. good line. It, it was good, yeah. <laughs> and then, right after that, we get the scene where Uma Thurman, you know, tosses the hair and says, oh, you know, re, we, we get another callback to an earlier scene. And he, she's basically accepting him for who he is. And then, all of a sudden, there's a new protocol before getting on the ship where he has to pee and he's not prepared. And he's like, damn, just letting you know, I could have been, I could have been one of the great ones. I could have done it. Could have, could have went the whole, the whole way, knowing that he's about to get caught. And then I thought the movie was going to end with him getting caught. And then, like you said, the dude's like, my, my boy looks up to you. He's got health problems too. Go get him. I was like, oh my God, this movie's fucking incredible. I loved it. Do you think he survived the, uh, trip? The whole trip? No way. No, not like getting back, but like, did you think he at least got to Titan? I don't know. We don't have a lot of information about his heart condition besides he should be dead. Yeah, well, it's pretty bad. He only he was jogging for twenty minutes and almost died. Yeah, yeah, I don't think he made it. Yeah, but he did make it, you know, symbolically. I mean, he did make it. You know, God, it is a thinker. Yeah. I it, I watched it last night too. I wish that I would have watched it at the beginning of the week. So, so you had time. So I had time to think about yeah, everything. It's true. So, I did not expect it to be like the most. I did not expect it to be more, more thought provoking than Asteroid City. No, but it is. Yeah, a lot more. A lot more. This was my favorite movie of the week that we watched. Yeah. Oh yeah, for sure. I uh, yeah. Um, so let's talk about Jude Law's character. Because I... I think... So I really think that that would be the best expansion of this movie. Is like just delving more into his backstory and why he was depressed. Even though he had the whole world on his platter. Um, but I don't... I don't understand... Why he kills himself in the end? Is it just because he had someone make a name for himself? I think it's. I think it's because um, I was. I took it as like his whole. So he gets injured swimming, or how? Or no, he gets injured in the car. He stepped out. In front he of stepped a car, out in front of a car, trying to commit suicide. Correct. Uh, because he, I felt the pressure of his expectations to be perfect. Yeah. But, so afterwards, it didn't work. Whatever he can't do the job he's meant to do or whatever. And so he, he has that line where he says, I gave you my body and you, you gave, gave me my, your dream. Yeah. The dream. And so I think that he feels he's, he was ready to die when he stepped in front of the car, but now then he got the dream from Ethan Hawke. So now he's like a supporting role in getting this dream, achieving this dream. And he gets to the point where he does achieve it. Ethan Hawke's going to 
to Titan. And so I think he thinks that his time in this world's done. He doesn't have anything left that he needs to do. He's back at the he's back at the moment where it, it's different now because he's 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 fine with dying, which he was before Ethan Hawke came. And then now he doesn't even have the body to achieve what people expect him to achieve. And he helped someone who had the drive to get that, to achieve it. And so now he's like, I'm done. And he knows Ethan Hawke's not coming back because he, he knows more about his heart condition than anyone else in the whole thing. So right. he's, he's, he just knows he's done. He doesn't have anything to live for. Yeah, I think I, I would have rathered him want to live after this. I think it would have been a... Well, I think it works for what they were trying to go. Like, you can have everything in the world laid out at your feet, but sometimes it's just not going to work out, and it's not it's never going to work out. Yeah. So I get that, I guess. His best scene in the movie was when that detective... When he's that detective came to like take his blood sample and starts questioning him about why he's in a wheelchair and stuff, and he's yeah. yelling at him. Oh my god, it was so good, so well done. The movie was good. I did not expect to come out of this movie like like top ten sci fi movies of all time. It's so good. Yeah, highly recommend. Um, I'm trying to think, there's something else. Oh. The detectives. I really like... So before we find out that one of them is his brother, I really like that it's an older detective who definitely wasn't uh, genetically modified Mm -hmm. and a younger, built-for-it detective. And they have very different different views on how to do things. Mm -hmm. And like I feel like that could easily be fleshed out into its own movie. Or a TV show. I think a TV show, oh, a yeah. detective show, would be a, a, amazing yeah. in this world. I think this this world just needs to be fleshed out. I think there's a lot more stuff to tell. So I googled Gattaca afterwards just to see. They were working on a television show. It just got canceled this year. Dang. <laughs> that sucks. They didn't have like a premise of what it was, but it was just going to be... In the world of Gattaca. I love that it's very uh, retro future. Did you notice all the cars were like 50s, 60 cars? Yeah. But they're all electric. They don't make any noise. It's fucking dope. The attention to detail is insane uh, in this movie. Just like all the stuff he has to go through with like the contacts and scrubbing. Oh, yeah. And all of the stuff. I still don't know how he peed in front of the doctor. The doctor's watching him pee. Where did he stick that bag to pee in the cup? Well, it was on his leg. Yeah. But then there's a syringe. You think he shoved it in there to pee out of his penis? Could have just had it underneath, but maybe it was, yeah, up in there. That's the only one. That's the only thing where I was like, hmm, I don't know. I mean, people do that now for real, like still, you know? Yeah. But yeah, I do. The hard thing, like... Who thought of that heart scene where he has to run on the treadmill? That, like, it's just a scene that's in the movie and it's so important to the movie, but who thought of it? Because it's so good. It's just like that. They keep doing that over and over in the movie. They're like, oh, this is, this is crazy. And like, the world doesn't necessarily make sense as a realistic future where we are so 
uh, DNA-centric that you're doing daily fucking DNA tests. But the world is so fun, and they did every... They, they thought of every single way that they could play with it and get suspense out of it, and they did it. Yeah. You know, uh, funny story. The scene when he's... Not a really funny story. <laughs> <laughs> the scene where him and Uma Thurman are in the car... And he realizes that they're checking eyes. Yeah, he takes those contacts out. I have seen that before. When the movie first came to video, our mom rented it. And I was like seven, maybe eight at the time. I came home from school. She's like right there at that scene. And I started asking her questions. I'm like, why is he, uh, why is he freaking out? I've got to take his contacts out. And she's like, oh, everyone's like perfect in this, in this place. And he's born regular. And every, like everyone else has perfect vision, so he he's about to get found out. And I was like, "That's an interesting movie." And I just left because I'm a little kid. Yeah. But I I remember it vividly because I was always been like, "I want to check that movie out." I didn't never knew what it was, and now I knew. Yeah. <laughs> Let me tell you how he takes them out is impressive. He just rubs both his eyes like this, and they just bloop. Well, they're those oh, hard man. contacts. You can take those out easy. Yeah. So I don't know about con- I don't know. It was pretty smooth. That would be pretty hard. I think I could pull it off though. Yeah, well, you've you've you know used contacts your whole life. I've, yeah, I've had maybe three pairs of contacts in my entire life. Every time I've seen you try to put contacts in, I laugh. And I, every I, single so time, fucking funny. The freaking eye doctor is like, "You have perfect eyes for contacts. Like your your eyes open so wide." I'm like, "Yeah, they. You say that, but I keep hitting my dang eyelashes, you motherfucker." <laughs> my eyelashes betray me. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I'm so glad that we both liked that movie. Oh, this is something else. This is the last thing. Uh, I love that when they're telling Ethan Hawke about Jude Law, like his previous, like everything that he's accomplished, like he's a good swimmer. And like that is what Ethan Hawke did to beat his brother. And like that's what drove him to finally be like, oh, if I can do this, I can do anything. I love that it's just both there. Everyone's a swimmer. Yeah. Like those little details that just add and yeah. make you think. I looked at the, the director of the movie. I forget his name. My God. Uh, but he did like... He, he did In Time. In Time. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. It's underrated In Time is. Yeah, this movie is better than In Time. But oh, In, Time yeah, has far, a, yeah. In Time has a great idea too. Yeah, they could make a... It's like Jumper. <laughs> you know, <laughs> they have great ideas and you can make... You could flesh out in this world pretty pretty well. Right. Um, in time, man, in time, you could do a lot of stuff in. You could, and they didn't do anything in the first movie with it. <laughs> no, nothing. Still like that movie, though. All right. So now, on to the series showdown. This week, whoop, whoop. We, uh, we watched every Brendan Fraser Mummy movie, all three of them. Yeah. And we both decided that that is too many movies. Way too many. And well, we're going to do three a week. Three movies a week. Three movies a week. One rewind, one showdown, and then our main topic. And then we could just do a showdown a week, and then after we're done with them all... That was my initial idea, and you you were like, we'll do all three, No, 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 that was your idea. (laughs) You you said, oh, there's only three, let's just do it. You're lucky it was freaking Labor Day weekend, and I had extra days off. That's what... (laughs) Else I wouldn't have got this junk done. All right. So let's start with the first one, Mummy, 1999. Okay. Uh, this one's just as good as I remembered it being. Better, in my opinion. Yeah, it's it's. Uh, man, 
how do I explain this without... Um, it melded, meshed all of its genres so perfect, and that's why it's good. It's a fine line, as we see in the later ones. Yes. <laughs> and uh, it's the only one that did do it. Yep. And, uh, and the reason I think that, obviously, from what we're saying, is this is the best one, is they it was the, it's the horror genre that they meshed in this whole movie feels like a horror movie to me when you watch it which i don't remember at all i remember when i watched it as when i watched it as a kid i just thought it was like all action adventure yeah. but you watch it now and you're like oh no this is primarily a horror movie there's a lot of horror in it yeah. and i was surprised about it and it works so perfect um yeah, I noticed the same thing. Um, not only is it way more horror than I remember, it's I, I remember it being like serviceable action. It's like grand, epic action. Oh yeah, like the in the opening the opening scene the the back in ancient times when you get to see everything play out beforehand, and then like the transition, we see a tr- the, the the title screen pops up. And we're on an Anubis statue. And it fucking ages right before our eyes. And we're right into a battle. Like, that is bonkers that they did this. It, like, for a mummy movie with Brendan Fraser in, in, in the 90s. Yeah. Like, I can't believe that the, this movie is, is a thing. <laughs> it's, it's, it's wild. <laughs> One thing, because um, my wife loves these movies, so she watched them too. I told her, after we watched the first after we watched all three of them, I was like, "Do you?" I was like, "Do you remember as a kid knowing that these movies were set in like the freaking '30s?" And she was like, "No." I was like, "Me freaking neither." Really? <laughs> I had no recollection of that at all. I just thought <laughs> I just thought I was having a good time. We were in the early 2000s, freaking having a ball. <laughs> I cannot believe you didn't know that. Yeah. That's funny. Yeah, you were pretty young though when these first came out. Like this yeah. is like. I was six when the first one came out. It's 2001. No, it was 99. Oh, 99. I was four. <laughs> and then the second one came out in 2001. Yeah. And the third one came out in 2007. So I was, I was only 12 when Tomb of the Dragon Emperor came out. Oh, yeah. So you yeah. were young. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, so there's not a lot of spoil. So I'll just talk freely. Um, but there's something I noticed at the very beginning of this movie. When during that first opening battle, uh, Imhotep lets him be seen by Rick in the sand, the face. Yeah. Him. And I think that even though it's never brought up, it kind of works with the sequel that Imhotep felt that Rick was strong enough to make it out of there alive and bring someone back. And then later in the movie, the Magi talk about how strong Rick is like oh I sense great strength in you and I, I I never put that together that he chose Rick and that was his downfall right from the beginning oh I didn't even think about that yeah it's crazy isn't it but why why do the um, in the beginning when Rick gets stopped right there mm-hmm. why do the uh, soldiers who are going to kill him run away they, they just see the Anubis statue and leave 
I mean... Because they're not the Magi. They're different. No, that's whoever was trying to raid the town. Yeah. Because, like, Rick's people were paid by the Magi to defend that, it seems. We don't know a lot about what's going on in that first scene. Yeah. Um, well, I guess later he does say that his whole his whole garrison or platoon marched across the desert to save it. So I guess they did know what they were doing. But I think that maybe because Anubis is kind of death. death. Yeah. The, uh, I did not realize how much this time this spans. Like Rick's in prison for three years or something. Yeah. It's crazy. <laughs> well, we don't know if he's in prison the whole time. Oh yeah. But, but yeah, it's a, it's quite a, it's quite a gap. Uh, Something else I want to talk about. I, like, this is talking about the writing. Just the differences from back then to today. We get an introduction to Evie. We know that she's a librarian. We know that she can read and speak Egyptian. All in the first 40 seconds of her being on screen. And then we get... And it all feels natural. It all does. It feels completely natural. And then we get the gag... You know, of the the dominoes. And it's like, okay, this movie's not going to take itself too seriously. And that's, it works. And then, her boss comes in and she gives an info dump on herself that feels completely natural. She's like, I can read and write ancient Egyptian. I can do this. I can do this. And blah, blah, blah. And it's like, they don't even try to do that nowadays. Back then, they were like, how can we... How can we cleverly let people know what this character is about without making it feel exposition-y? And they don't even try that shit nowadays. And I was like, this is fucking clever. And then right after that, the same thing happens with Jonathan. It's like, okay, he's a treasure hunter. He knows a little bit of stuff. But he's like extra not serious. Yeah. And it's like, boom, boom, boom. he's all about making money. Yeah, all about the money. And it's just, it's so seamless. And they they can't they they can't or they refuse to do it nowadays. I don't know, I don't know what it is. I told you they think it's lazy writing. It's which not. Is, it's not. That's, yeah, that's hard writing nowadays. Nowadays, if you want to find something out, you gotta watch this specific scene in a movie and see this specific picture in the background, and you have to notice that while you're trying to pay attention to whatever the character is actually saying to realize that they used to be in the military and that their best friend died in Vietnam. Yeah, it's you know true. What I'm saying? Yeah, I prefer this honestly. Oh, it's it's easier for the viewer, and you can just have a good time, right? When you're when you're watching. Um, what? So, what did you what did you remember about this movie? Or what did, what didn't you remember that came up? What I didn't remember about this particular movie, yeah. See, the hard thing is, is like if I would have thought about this before I watched it, because you watch it and then like those, uh, like all the people with Benny, yeah, like I w- would never have remembered them in a, in a, would never have remembered them in a million years. <laughs> but literally, right when they showed up, everything just came flooding back, and I'm like, oh, they're in this whole freaking movie, yeah, and I remember everything. Uh, so it's hard for me. I would never have remembered them. I always remembered Benny because I. For some reason, I don't even know if this is true. Is Benny 
Igor in Hugh Jackman's Van Helsing. Yeah. Yeah, that's why I remember him for some reason. Both both directed by Steven Summers. Yeah. Uh, and... Uh, see, there are things I remember about the movie that weren't actually in it. So, <laughs> so right, I remember Imhotep speaking English. <laughs> what? Yeah, I don't know why, but he never does. No, Not never. Neither movie. And not in the first or the second one, which makes sense. <laughs> yeah. But I, for some reason, I remember him speaking English. That's crazy. Um, yeah, th- I have more of those than I do. So I... I... The second one. I got, I got a lot for the second one. Yeah. Let me tell you, I didn't remember none of that. <laughs> Except for the end. Uh, I could have swore up and down that none of the plagues started until he was at full power. They started instantly. Instant. And I was like, oh man. And like, and they're fucking epic. Every single one of them. Yeah, I will say, uh, the dude, uh, the bigger guy, the guy who dies from the Beatles at the be- first. Yeah. Uh, he dies way earlier than I remember. He's just not in the movie as much as I thought he was. No. They needed, they just needed a red coat, basically. A red shirt. Yeah. Um. But it was a red hat. <laughs> <laughs> But speaking of uh, the horror elements, I couldn't believe how much of it was body horror like yeah. that. Oh, yeah. It's crazy. It's gross, too. Yeah, it, it is. As an adult looking at it, like as a kid, you're like, ooh, that's gross. But now as an adult, you're like, ugh. Like, God, that would suck. How do you feel about the CGI? Uh, it's good for its time. Real good for its time. It kind of like has its own flair. And it kind of works for the movie. The the uh, surprisingly the best CG, which I don't even know if they could do better, is the Beatles under the skin. It's so good. Yeah, I, I was flabbergasted by how good it was. Yeah, but, it is good. Uh, Imhotep, right when he wakes up, he's fantastic. It's very detailed. Yeah, I'm, I couldn't <laughs> believe. It. I was like, "What is going on here? This is impressive." It is. It was impressive, and like it's still it that still holds up. The sand and the water. Those are the things that I think would be better these days. Right. But uh, especially a the uh, the sand, especially after seeing um, Mad Max Fury Road. Right. Yeah. Uh, but other than that, like Imhotep himself, uh, does he raise a does he raise extra mummies in this one at the end? Yeah. I think they're costume though. Well, some of them. So when they're. There's a scene where they're they're driving a car and they're getting chased, and like there's a bunch of people around them. Those are, it's like a those are real people with just makeup on. Mm. But then at the very end, um, he raises like the four servants, and they have the the, the bigger hats on. Oh, the, those are full CG. Yeah, most of the time. I think there's a couple of scenes where they're interacting up close, and they still did uh, real real makeup and. Yeah, effects. Yeah, and speaking of this, I don't know how they did it, but all of the fight scenes with CG characters look real. Like, they look like they're making real contact with something. Yeah. It's impressive. It really is impressive. I couldn't believe how well this movie held up, honestly. Yeah. Uh, what'd you rate it? Uh, I think I gave this an 8.5. That's what I gave it. Yeah, 8.5 seems right. My wife even gave it 8.5. We gave them at the same time. 8.5. 8.5, yeah. yeah. It's, it's a solid-ass movie. It's a freaking... It's a You have a great time. It's a good movie. I will say one thing about The Mummy that uh, it's the perfect example of something I always try to explain. 
is nowadays all these movies want to say something. They want to say a message yeah. or whatever. You can have a good movie that just has a good story, like a good literal story. Right. And this is a perfect example of that. There's no message. Yeah. There, there, you could get a message out of it like, oh, don't tamper with some bullcrap. <laughs> don't grave don't, rob. Yeah, yeah don't, don't grave rob. Don't tamper with foreigners dead or whatever. <laughs> I, yeah. But this movie at its core has nothing to say. You know, outside of whatever it is. It's just a freaking good time. You're having a great time watching this movie. It's a good, fun story to watch. And none of the... Like, the characters are... are They're not... They're not, you know, the most developed characters. But they're not the... They're not super one-dimensional either. No. If you're, you, if you're meant to like them, you do. And if you're meant to hate them, you do. Yeah. And... The, the, this is the perfect example of that. Yeah, it it, it, you don't need an over. You don't need a message for a movie to be good. And if a movie has a good message, doesn't make it good. No, either. So that, that's one thing people need to get right because nowadays these professional quote unquote reviewers of movies, yeah. if it has a good message, they just give it a good review, right. even though the movie sucks. That's like, like a good example. I don't want to talk about it, actually. Okay. <laughs> um, Tell me later. <laughs> okay. Uh, I do want to shout out Benny, just in general, because as we will discuss, the lack of Benny in the sequels is a fucking problem. Yeah. Oh, he's... I, I, while watching the first one, I'm like, why is he not in all sorts of things? Yeah, he's, he's like... good. He's good. He's like the... Um, Oh my god. What's his name? He's like the Walter Goggins. He's like Walter Goggins. Yeah. He's he's just so freaking good. But he's just not... Walter Goggins is in a lot of stuff and plays a really good villain. But Benny is on that level. It's crazy that he basically exclusively works for Steven Somers. And he doesn't have... That dude doesn't have a career anymore because of Van Helsing. Which is so stupid. <laughs> We're going to talk about that. Yeah. But he's in Dead Rising. Which I think Steven Somers wrote, maybe helped for Zeus. And then he's in this, and he's in Van Helsing. I can't think of a single other thing that he's in. Yeah. And his Igor is the best Igor and that, yeah, that's on, what's crazy. on screen if ever. You look at those three movies I just talked about. Every single character that he's playing is different. And he is good enough to make them different and still have that signature comedy that he was doing in this movie. Yeah, I've never seen Dead Rising, I don't think. Deep right? You, did you say you said Dead Rising? Oh, Deep Rising. Deep Rising. What's that? Uh, you know the the movie where? Hold on, I don't think I've seen this movie. Oh my god! If you've never seen Deep Rising, I'll just make it a movie I watch extra for the week. Definitely ain't seen this movie. You've never seen Deep Rising? I don't think so. Oh, oh my gosh! You're gonna love that movie. You are gonna love that movie. I'm not going to tell you anything about it. That was a nice cast, though. Yeah, it's a fun cast. Oh, it looks kind of like... Um, I'm not going to say what it looks like. But he's giving me the vibes of having like such a star-studded cast. And just based on what I saw on the cover of the Blu-ray and everything, it giving me sunshine things. Like you have all these people who are not famous probably when they made this movie, but now they are. Who's the main guy in that? I never remember his name. Uh, I don't know. I just saw Famke Jimson and... Jimon 
uh, Treat Williams. Yeah, he's like in all the stuff. All the stuff. He's like yeah. he's like the leading the, the B leading man. Yeah, yeah. <clears throat> so don't go into it thinking sunshine. Go into it thinking more mummy and Van Helsing. <laughs> yeah, I don't ever go into a movie thinking something. I'm just saying that. That's okay. Okay. So yeah, we both say 8.5. Um, yeah. Let's move on to The Mummy Returns. Dun, dun, dun. So I said last week that this could possibly be better than the first one from yeah. my memory. Yeah. Boy, oh boy, that's not So the wrong. <laughs> Let me tell you. So the thing I forgot about this movie is the kid. I had no recollection this mother ever was in the movie. Really? And then the movie starts, and I see the kid, and I'm like, oh, this whole movie's about the kid. I remember everything. I remember the bracelet. I remember them kidnapping him. I remembered everything. And I'm like, oh, this movie sucks. <laughs> it doesn't suck. It, it's, not, it's not bad. It's not good. You can tell that it was made quickly. Because it's the same director, writer, everything. And you can tell that like, that first one was such a hit. And they were like, get a sequel out in two years. Mm-hmm. Because everything is still there. It's just not as clean. The, the, the script needed another once or two over. Yeah, they also really pull back on the horror. There's no... yeah. Like, um, man, how I explain it. In the first movie, Imhotep is, is uh, looming. He's yeah. out, in every scene, you can just feel his presence. In this, it's the, you don't. Not no. at all. You almost get, you get very little horror until the jungle. And yeah. then it's. Which is, that's, the jungle and the very end are the only two things I remember from the whole movie. And the only reason I remember the jungle, on a slight tangent, is because it is the exact. It's written out exactly how, oh my god, David Goyer, who did Alien 3, right? No. Isn't David Goyer did Alien 3? No, Goyer, or Alien 3 was Fincher. Fincher. Yeah. No, it wasn't. Yeah, it was like his first movie. No, it was Goyer. It was David Goyer's first movie. No. Yeah, yeah. Fincher's old. It's not his first movie. David Fincher did Fight Club and all that stuff. Just look it up, because I have uh, no idea. Uh, Who did The Social Network? No, you're right. It is Fincher. Holy crap. That's his first movie, yeah. He he, he uh, does not he does not talk about it. Oh, no. Well, anyway, so in the original, the original script of, of Alien 3, right, was on the wooden planet. Right, the wooden and planet. It, and it had the field of the... Of uh, I don't know if it was corn or if it was just tall grass. Wheat. I wheat. Think. Yeah, the field of wheat. And it had the... What is that xenomorph specifically called? The one hybrid with the cow. A runner. A runner. Had the runner shorter than the grass pulling people under. And right. that is this scene. You have the... What do they call them? I had pygmies. The, pygmies. You had the pygmy mummies shorter than the grass just pulling people under the tall grass and just killing them. And I was like, that, that's what it reminds me of. Because well, it's of, also... Lost World with the Velociraptors. Oh. And that happened right before the first one came out. Hmm. So I mean, it's just a good it's just a good idea. Yeah. Know? Um I think that's when the movie's at its best is at the end. 
Oh yeah, for sure. It's only two parts I remember. The uh, there are some things that I, I find interesting. We'll go straight into spoilers for this too because it's old. I like that. Uh, there is like a so Imhotep gained power in the first one enough to where like people noticed, and then the second one he has like a cult that is trying to raise him. And I find that very interesting. Like most l- lesser movies would have been like, there's this one guy that's trying to get this dude raised, but like he is an ancient, you know, powerful being that they want to bring back in worship. I really like that idea. And I also like that to explain how this is happening again with Evie and Rick, it, instead of it just being random, like other movies, like Die Hard, like it's crazy that this has happened to Bruce Willis's character five fucking times. Yeah. It's part of their fate. Like they both have, reincarnated souls or jobs or you know whatever dealing with the mummy and i some people would say that's lazy but i'm like it's better than it being completely random yeah but it's also the second movie's biggest problem is evie's connection because in the first movie when imhotep first wakes up he sees evie and he mistakes her for a nox and a moon and we know that she is, in the second movie, we know that Evie is the reincarnation of the Emperor's daughter, uh, Natiri. Natiri, yeah. Natiri. And, so he, and he knew her. So he wouldn't have mistaken her for Anoximun in the first one. It's just a, it's just a little thing. Yeah. Uh, <coughs> but, yeah, it, I don't have a problem with that either. It's one of those things, like, it's a it's a double edged sword, you know. Like, what what are you gonna do? You're either gonna make it completely random and doesn't make any sense. People are gonna bitch, or you're gonna make it something like this, and people are gonna bitch. Yeah, I do. Uh, what am I trying to say? Um, speaking about the bending problem, they didn't use Jonathan as much in the second one either. He's very much not in it as much, and that's a problem too. Yeah. And I also think adding in the uh, the Magi dude, the real, right. ha- real handsome-looking dude, yeah, uh, could have been done better. I, I like his addition, but he, he should have had um, he should have had like conflicting banter with Jonathan, I think, or or someone. There should have been some kind of like some kind of conf- conflict. Yeah, because they, they almost hit it where he's like, "Oh, I got to go." They killed my hawk. I gotta go tell my people. But then Rick's like, no, I need you to help me save my kid. He's like, okay, I'll save your kid and then go tell my people. Yeah. (laughs) It's just very, uh, yeah, I'll do whatever you want. Yeah. Um, One of my notes is just less funny, no Benny. (laughs) And that that is the, how drastic his absence feels is that you just notice how much less fun you're having in this movie. Yeah, and there's um the first movie had a bunch of like solo like the 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 red shirt guy, the red hat guy. Yeah. A uh, bunch of these 
characters that you don't even care about, but they're those are the horror elements you're missing. Yeah. Uh, those are those true horror elements like that are the, missing from this second movie. One of the Americans in the first movie gets his glasses knocked off, and then we have that scene where it's... Yeah. He's getting stalked, and his eyes and his tongue get ripped out. Yeah, and you get to see him through like three times yeah. without his eyes and tongue. It's insane. <laughs> and then the scene where Imhotep comes back, and he doesn't know it because he's blind. Right. And then he's just talking to Benny through Imhotep, and then they reveal it's like a, a real intense, almost interrogation scene. But it's like you know that that's Imhotep. And you're just like, oh, this, it's a, it's true horror. Right. And there's none of that. The only horror part of the whole second movie is the tall grass scene. Yeah. They, they fast track <laughs> Imhotep to full power by tricking yeah. those guys into the room. And it's just... I thought that was funny, though. It, it is, it is kind of funny, yeah. but that's why we don't get any horror elements. Because there's nowhere for it to happen. Yeah. That's true. Because, like, Amos has awake, and he wants to go kill the Scorpion King so he can be immortal and have Anubis' army. But, like, I don't know how you could have fixed that. Yeah, I don't either. Yeah, it's like Well, it's, it's just the way they just wrote themselves. Yeah, they wrote themselves that. into a corner. Yeah. Um, so what did you end up rating this one? Or what, what do you want to change the differences, things you didn't remember? I guess we kind of talked about it as we went. The kid. <laughs> he gets funny as fuck. <laughs> I, I did not remember him at all. Uh, he's not a terrible. He's not a terrible character. No, no, no. Um, We're talking about also, how hard kids are to do. They did a good job. Decent job, yeah. Um, there's a moment. I guess I'll talk about it in, in the next one because there's like a like from this one to the next one. There's big character changes for everyone. Uh, Everyone, but really mainly Brendan Fraser, Rick O'Connor, like Rick's character. It is a bonkers it's change. It's weird. But, um, no, they do the kid fine. I don't know if there's anything else I don't remember from this movie. They kind of just, they kind of just meshed in the one. You know, I said I remember the first and second one kind of together. Yeah. Uh, but really, like, it was really just the kid. Uh, I gave it a 6.5. I gave it a 7. 7? Yeah. Right. Because I still. It is definitely a weaker film, but I still really had a good time. Yeah, you have a good time. And I just... What we're going to talk about in the next one, it still feels like the characters from the first one just extended. Like, they almost work as a part one and part two. Even, like, they would have worked better if it wrote, like, wrote it like that. But it's close, considering they had no idea they were going to get a sequel. Yeah. And I will say one thing that... Uh... One thing that surprised me that I was not in my memory was how little Imhotep is actually in these movies. Yeah. He's not in them at all. No. And I always, I remembered him as being like a big character. I guess it's just, I don't know. He's really not in the second one. No, like. not at all. <laughs> and that's one of my favorite moments of the second one is when him and Rick are fighting and then the Scorpion King awakens and then they just turn. And look at him, and they're like, "Holy crap!" Like, and then you think they would fight together, but they don't. No. <laughs> they're still at at odds, and it's it's kind of crazy. <clears throat> My biggest problem with this movie, though, just before we go on, is I'm a huge Scorpion King fan. I really like that movie, the first one. I've never seen the other ones, 
but the entire backstory that they give at the beginning of the movie about the Scorpion King contradicts the entire Scorpion King movie. I don't as, remember the as Scorpion well. King. So it's it's freaking weird. So but that's all I had to say about that. Um, there was something else I was going to say. Oh. One thing I do appreciate is they let Evie and Rick be a couple throughout the sequels and have a kid. Whereas most, you know, James Bond and other, like, he does it the most famously. is like every single movie, it's a different woman. He falls in love with a different woman. Yeah. And they leave, like, the movie ends with them together, but it never stays. I like that they were like, no, these two are going to be married, they're going to have a kid, and they're going to be a working couple. Like, they're going to they're gonna be a, a well-adjusted couple that does this stuff together. And I really appreciate that. Yeah. Also, I would like to note... Um, because last week we talked about the Lost Boys throwing in the girl for just her being a pretty girl. Yeah, the Evie is a is a well written, strong, smart female character for this time, for this time frame. Even I think even for today's time. Yeah, frame. like super good. Yeah, uh, yeah. yeah. And they did that all in the first one in that opening scene. They let you know right away. Bonkers how good that is. Yeah. So yeah, you said six point five seven. Yeah, you said. said seven. So yeah. we'll just say seven. Let's <laughs> just say whatever you want. No, no. What, do you want to argue? Do you, no, you really we didn't. We didn't. What well, we didn't do about like Gattaca, you know? Gattaca, I did an eight, and you did a nine. Oh yeah, we'll just leave it separate then. That's yeah. fine. <clears throat> but it could be eight point five for Gattaca. Yeah, that's what I, I originally had at eight point five, and the more I thought about it, it went up. Yeah, see, that's the thing is, I think that's what's going to happen with Gattaca too. I think yeah. I could, if I think about it for a week, it'll probably be a nine. Yeah, because it'll be good. <laughs> yeah. uh, all right, let's talk about the Tomb of the Dragon Emperor. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you said, yeah. So I remember, so my wife had never seen this one. She's never? Seen the, no, she had seen the first two. And I was like, oh, I didn't say this. But in my head, I was like, oh, maybe she's like in for a treat. I was like, I know this movie's worse than the other two. I was like, but I'm still, I remember having fun. And uh, for some reason, I have no idea why, I remember Maria Bello being like, oh, I'm like, oh yeah, that's not bad. It was, it was a, <laughs> You're like, oh, it's yeah. totally, it, you don't even yeah. notice that she recast him, honestly. Yeah. <laughs> and it's the biggest problem, well, there's, there's a lot of problems with this movie. Is one is you could tell that they were trying to pass the torch on to their son to, be, to make more movies after this. Yeah. And this guy, whoever it is, I don't even look up his name, just could not hold a movie, I don't think. Especially without, without Brendan Fraser in this. No. And John, Brendan Fraser and Jonathan are the only two characters that uh, like get you through this movie. But I, I really, it's appalling to me how, you, how different the relationship between Brendan Fraser and Maria Bello is than uh, Rachel Weisz. Because... It, it it's true what they say. Like sometimes you just find two people that just work well together on screen. Yeah, and this is a perfect example. This movie is hard to watch. Yeah, like, it is. It is a rough fucking movie. They not only do they not work well together because they don't work well. Every single character in the movie 
feels like a different character. Aside from Jonathan, I think. That's he's, true. He's the he's real consistent. Yeah, he is he is relatively consistent. But Rick does not feel like the same character. No. Just because they recast Evie. And the movie has a very strange tone. It talk about not having any horror. There's no horror in this movie. It is did, like there are there are record scratches in this movie. Did you notice that? Like in the in the for first couple set pieces, like when they're on the the carriage running through the thing, when I don't even know what happens, but like a record literally scratches. And like, oh, I do remember that part. Oh yeah. my god! I was like, well, how is this? How is this even a thing? Like, what did they do to make this movie? And it's like they did nothing. <laughs> yeah, it's weird, man. It's. Um, I don't know. It's all sorts of problems. I mean, it's a strange tone. It's unfunny. Whereas the the last, even the second movie, is still funny. Yeah, there there are definitely some. There's some moments that are so funny that they're laugh out loud funny. Right. Then the first one is very funny. Yeah. Uh, we didn't talk enough about that. In the, but there's also just everything that we said about the first one and how well and tight the writing is. It is blatantly lazy in this last movie yeah there's there's only one good it's not about writing but it's just about story wise that i think is interesting Mm -hmm. is the fact that their son is trying to almost uh one up them because he knows what they did yeah but he wants to do something even bigger and right. I, I like that part of the story but they don't do that they, 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 they yeah they don't do anything with it and right. he finds his 2000 year old woman and that's his character's just gone after that <laughs> yeah it's so strange but like the lazy writing a perfect example is the how they get jonathan involved in this movie there's like oh he has a casino in shanghai we'll just pop in what are you talking about? That doesn't make no fucking sense to his character or anything. Like he's always been treasure hunting, but it's always Egyptian focused because that's what his family is. So then he had an Egyptian casino in Shanghai. <laughs> <laughs> it doesn't I, that's, make any that's sense. That's the thing I don't I don't remember is the, when they show the casino, it's just you get the yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Anubises and everything all on the walls I'm like that's weird and I was like I don't think this would work in real life <laughs> no it wouldn't um, and like like we talked about no horror and instead Kung Fu-ish they have Jet Li which was like a main selling point for the movie yeah, back, back then in the day, yeah. yeah I was freaking pumped so was I because like Jet Li was huge Right when that, when this movie's coming out, I'm like, oh, he's gonna be the bad guy. That's dope. Yeah, he does literally nothing except for throw invisible fireballs and ice balls at people. Yeah, in this movie and turn into dragons. Yeah, it's bonkers. Like I don't understand what they were thinking when they made this movie. Yeah, they should have made it more kung fu. Is what they should have. Yeah, they really should have. Um, uh, yeah, why hire Jet Li and not have him fight? Yeah, that's because lit- I don't think he fights at all in the entire movie. Uh, the end. When they stab him through the heart, he's fighting Rick hand to hand. Oh yeah, uh, but not. It's not good. No, it's not good fighting. Not what we know Jet Li can do. Right. And it's crazy because I don't know what came out. Did this or Lethal Weapon come out for Lethal Weapon Four come out? Lethal Weapon Four. Oh, because first. Yeah, ninety seven, ninety eight. Oh, fan. 
good villain in that. He's, oh, yeah. he's so good in that. That was like his start. That yeah. was like his first his American, American start. movie. God, what a great start if it was that. Yeah. It's so good. And he's he's just very under... Jet Li's underutilized. Michelle Yeoh's underutilized. Yeah, both of them. Um, yeah, it's bad. And he doesn't have that... Um, the horror elements that like Imhotep has. Yeah, and I just don't think it works as well with... Uh the Japanese mythology, you know? Because it's not very horror-y. It's all very reincarnate Yeah, it's more, uh... <clears throat> it's more fantastical. Yeah. Uh, than anything. Especially with the pool of life and all that hoopla. The one scene that I'm okay with in this entire movie... Is the Yetis. Yeah, the Yeti scene. <laughs> yep. It's the best part. Yeah, it's easily the best part yep. of the movie. It's so good. Um, it's the only memorable part in the movie, I think. Yeah. Yeah, I did re- I did remember how they killed Jet Li with the knife being broken and stabbed. I, I, that is something that I did remember, surprisingly. Oh, I didn't remember this movie at all. Oh, really? Except for the Yetis. That's all I remembered. Yeah. I mean, that, that and then the, knife, the heart, that's it. Um, but it's also just, so the second movie does not feel like the first movie story-wise. Like it does not have the same plot. It is a similar plot, but it is different enough that you don't feel like it is. This is the exact same plot with the same kind of set pieces as to redone. We have, we have him awaken, gets to full power. While traveling to another part of the, of the world, gets there, raises an army. Somehow we have an army too that fights, and then there's a, a final battle. It's like literally beat for beat the second movie. Yeah, I I will would like to bring up one thing that I is almost a it's not a it's just a problem I have with movies in general, mm-hmm. and especially watching Gattaca. Uh, this ties in. Every single mummy movie, all three of them, the world's going to end if they don't stop. They're yeah. saving the world. They're so, it's always so grand. And then we get a movie like Gattaca. So, this is the smallest movie I've seen in such a long time in scope. <laughs> right. It's just about this one dude trying to get to space, being told he can't. That's it. There's nothing grand about it at all. Yeah. And you can make such a good movie that it doesn't always have to be world ending to be good action that's true yeah like 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 a the the first die hard or or lethal weapon or something that's good action without having this grand scale right that's the only problem i have with the mummy movies uh like i it, it didn't have to be that way no it didn't but it's hard to do a action adventure movie and not have it like that yeah so what'd you give the rating? I think I gave this one a four point five four. Four. I gave it a four point five. Yeah, I was I was tinkering. I was four point five or four. I was I was on the fence. Yeah. My wife gave it a, a, a one point five. <laughs> well, that is. <laughs> <laughs> she just doesn't understand how scales work. She's got a scale like a. Uh, do you still watch the, the Good Mythical Morning? Oh, when they talk about Link and now yeah. he has no sense of scale. That's yeah. what hers, hers yeah. is like. She says she says Link is her her uh, spiritual animal. <laughs> that is hilarious. Yeah. You gotta get her. You gotta get her a fucking chart. <laughs> <laughs> 
Well, I told her right before she was ranked, because we were ranking them all, and before we ranked Tomb of the, Tomb of the Dragon Emperor, I told her before, Terrifier 2 is a 3. I was like, I was like that movie sucks, and it's a 3. I was like, so, th- so you know, just give her a scale. She still said 1.5. Oh, 1.5. So I've only that's unwatchable. That's like I've, a, I've given a one, one time to a movie, and it was a couple months ago. It was The Howling Seven, okay, and it was abysmal. Like, it, there's almost not a movie there. There's just people that show up at a bar, and then there are extended sequences of line dancing and country music singing. <laughs> For 90 minutes, that's what this movie is. I was like, that is a one. That's what it took to get me to a one. There's no there's no way this movie's a one. Yeah. She's crazy. Man, we were, we we're pretty on board so far. I think this next movie is going to break us. Yeah, I have a unique rating on this one. Yeah? Yeah. Let's go straight into it, because I don't want to talk about the Tomb of the Dragon Emperor anymore. Yeah. So the main good. topic of the day, Asteroid City. What'd you a, think? Well, uh, so <laughs> I watched this early on in the week, uh-huh. and I'm trying to talk to people about. This is just a weird thing I noticed. I'm trying to talk to people about Asteroid City, and none of them know. None of them have heard of it. No <laughs> one. I talked to I think four different people. Tried to. None of them have no, none of them have heard about it. And I'm like, oh, it's a Wes Anderson movie. Nobody knows what a Wes Anderson movie is. Oh, like, he's pretty niche. Yeah, I was like, well, I was like, oh, have you seen Moonrise Kingdom or Grand Budapest Hotel? Because those are like the big, big ones. the big ones. And they're like, oh, I've never heard of those. I'm like, what? Okay. I was like, well, you probably won't like them anyway. <laughs> <laughs> if you never heard of it, you wouldn't like I'm the it. The only one I had one of them, who, um, one lady I work with, she's a big movie. Biggish movie person, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, she had heard of Fantastic Mr. Fox, but never seen it. She said she saw a trailer for it. She's like, I don't think I like that. And I was like, well, you just don't like Wes Anderson in general then. So, it's funny. The only two I've seen prior to this movie was Moonrise Kingdom and Grand Budapest Hotel. Yeah. I mean, I think all I've seen is, I've seen Fantastic, Fantastic Mr. Fox once, and I saw The French Dispatch. That movie suck. Suck. Well, it's a it's almost an anthology movie. It's just a bunch of little little yeah. movies, and uh, two of them are good. So this is like uncharted territory for me. Like I thought that both Moonrise Kingdom and Grand Budapest are quirky, but the characters are also quirky, and it's funny, and you have a good time in both of those movies. This movie is quirky shot. The dialogue is goofy. Everyone talks weird. But it is so unfunny that I like, I, I was thrown because I did not know yeah. that any well, of his movies were unfunny. Yeah, well, it's, it's unfunny, but it has such serious, uh, uh, what am I trying to say? Topics that's talking about. Yeah. But, but uh, his... I don't, his dialogue's not quirky. His dialogue is just what people think and they just, they can't, there's no filter. They just think what, they just say what they think All, in every single movie he does. I can't, I can't <clears throat> pinpoint what he does with the dialogue, but <clears throat> when there's quirk, when there's quirky characters, like in Moonrise Kingdom, everyone in that movie is super quirky. Mm-hmm. I feel like it works. And in this movie, when everyone is sad and depressed and the subject uh, is, is heavy, it doesn't work for me. 
Yeah. Yeah, no, this movie's weird. It has weird tones. Uh, and the... it tries to do a whole lot, and I don't think it ever gets there with any of them. Yeah, I, there's a lot of characters. There's only... What I came away thinking about this movie was there's only two important characters in the whole movie, and that is Jason Schwartzman's character. Is that his name? Schwartzman? Schwartzman, yeah. Yeah. And... Uh, Oh my god, I'm, I'm Scarjo's. Mm-hmm. Scarjo's. They're the only two characters that matter. Everyone else is just there. In for my no opinion. Reason. Yeah. For literal no reason. So, man, I, I can't go into this without spoiling anything. I will say, so even when you watch the trailer, you know an alien comes down, so it's not spoiling nothing. <laughs> uh, it's true, though. It's true. Like, they show it in the trailer. Well, they show that an alien comes out. They don't show what it fucking looks well, no, like. Well, I know. I'm not saying that. <laughs> but yeah. So, you know, the whole movie's about alien visiting. That scene is... I will say, that scene is impeccable. It was so good. I was having a blast watching it, personally. I really loved it. That that scene, particularly. Um, I love the scene until it steps out. Oh, no. I thought it was cool. And then, like... Well, we'll talk about it after the spoiler. Yeah. I, I, it's so hard. This movie's real hard to talk about without spoiling anything. Um, this uh, this movie needs a rewatch. Because there are things that you learn later on in the movie that are so important to the whole story that I think you have to rewatch the movie again to truly appreciate what's happening and that's why i have two ratings for this movie interesting mm-hmm. um i don't agree <laughs> <laughs> I, I think that it has obviously strong strong visuals and an aesthetic you just can't deny it like he's just good at, at that um but i think the there's barely any plot. There's barely any characters. And by the end, we know nothing. I think I feel like it's so muddy, so unfocused, that it never gets anywhere. <clears throat> yeah, that, well, that's why I, I really think like the whole movie is just... Like, ScarJo has her moment in the movie, but, like, moments, and you could look at her storyline. Mm-hmm. But Jason Schwartzman is the only... He's the only character you need to pay attention to. Well, let's give a rating, and then we'll go into spoilers. Okay. I gave a, a, a 6.5 on the initial watch. Okay. But I, I think it could be an 8 on a rewatch. Interesting. What did you give it? I gave it a 5.5. Okay. So we're not too far off. No. We're, we're within a point. So. Yeah. Which is what we've been all night. Yeah. Um, all right. We'll go straight into spoilers. Uh... If you're going to tune out now, next week, for Rewind, we will be watching Gladiator. It's very exciting. I haven't seen the movie Super pumped. in 12 plus Kind of topical, because Gladiator 2 is like trying to be made uh, before right. the strikes. Right, right. Yeah, it's getting why, ready to be filming, I think. Yeah, that's why it's a great idea, you know? Yeah. Um, for our series showdown, we're going to be doing the Tobey Maguire Spider-Man trilogy. And we'll be doing one movie at a time, like we said earlier. Nice. 
three movies is a lot. Yeah, I think three movies is going to be good, and then that leaves us a wiggle room to watch one or two movies separately. Yeah. To kind of talk about, because it's, if you go into a movie being forced to watch it, sometimes it can skew your opinion, and we don't want that to happen. I guess we didn't think about this in the breakdown. We should, next week, we're after the uh, series showdown, we should talk about the next series. Okay. You know, when we start a new series, we wanted to talk about it. Oh, yeah. Our initial thoughts. Oh, yeah. So our initial thoughts on Spider-Man. Right. So we'll do that real quick since we fucked up. Yeah. We're still working on the format. So for Spider-Man, I remember the first one being pretty good. Yeah. Don't think it's going to hold up in, like, in my memory. The second movie is like top five superhero movies of all time. And I think it's going to hold up and maybe exceed my expectations. And personally, I liked the third movie more than the first one. But we're going to fucking find out on this rewatch. Because it's been a long time since I've seen that movie. Yeah. Since I was a teenager. This is going to be interesting because I don't think I've seen three since the new Venom, like Tom Hardy's Venoms came out. Yeah. Um, It'll be interesting to see the characters, especially after seeing the new Spider-Man with them all kind of back. Right. And, uh, but it's the same. Spider-Man 1, I think I hold it in higher regard than you do. Um, but I also can... like it's, It was... Spider-Man 1 is the superhero movie that m- really opened the door for modern superhero movies today. Oh, see, I think that's X-Men. But that came out after. Oh, uh, yeah. I, see, I like X-Men. This is what I'm saying. Like, I like X-Men 1 more than Spider-Man 1. Yeah, but I think... like. Spider-Man 1 is the movie that <coughs> people realize what superhero movies could be. Okay. After, because before that, it was the latest superhero movie was Batman, Tim Burton's Batman. Right. Uh, which is still kind of old and campy and stuff. Yeah. Um, Spider-Man 2 is top five. Same. Top five superhero movies. Maybe the best superhero, maybe the best fight scene in a superhero movie ever. Yeah. Ever. It's so good. And... Uh, I do hold. Th- I do think three is way better than people give it credit for. I think now that after Amazing Spider-Man, the Amazing Spider-Man's came out, I think people realized how three wasn't that bad. Right. I think it was really just the comic book nerds having a big uh, hoopla about Topher Grace's Venom. Yeah, yeah, we'll see. But I'm pretty excited about watching those again. Yeah. Um. So yeah, we'll we'll, we'll make sure we do that. It's only going to be when we go to a new series, so... We can do it after reviewing the last series showdown? Yeah. Yeah, okay. And then for the main topic next week, we will be talking about the live-action Little Mermaid movie. Which Woo-wee. I am excited. I am I am excited, actually. I think it'll be a fun watch. I think we have a, um, a more exciting movies to watch this week than we did last week. Even though... Gattaca was freaking awesome. Gattaca was awesome. Yeah, and if, Mummy 1 and 2, like, they are exciting. Yeah, they, they were good. Uh, but it feels like every movie that we're watching next week is that quality. Like, Oh my god, get, getting to watch Gladiator? Like, <laughs> man. Like, if, if Little Mermaid holds up, and I think it might... It's not. <laughs> you're, you're a hater. I think it really might. I think that every single movie could be... Every single movie that we just talked about, like uh, even all three Spider-Mans, could be above an eight. You know, the Little Mermaid's a little God. rough for you. Little Mermaid's rough. I think everyone, uh, every other one. I, I mean, 
I can already tell you, I can already tell you right now that Spider-Man Two and Gladiator are, are a nine or higher. Hopefully, already, yeah. There's no, there's no. Hopefully, hopefully. <laughs> no, I know. I've seen Gladiator <laughs> so many times. I freaking know that that movie's incredible. <laughs> okay. Uh, yeah. All right. Yeah. So next week, Gladiator. We'll do Spider-Man One, and we'll do Little, Mer- Little Mermaid. So. uh Hopefully you tune in for that, and for everyone else listening, we will get back to the spoiler review of Asteroid City. Yeah. So, okay. This is why... I So there's three different stories going on in this movie. Yes. So we have the televised Brian Cranston thing telling people about what... I guess what's hap- what happened with the director on in the making of this play. Yes. And then you have... The Edward Norton and the Adrian Brody, uh, like making, writing, and Actually directing, doing the play, doing the play, and then you have the play, right. which is what we're watching, which is the colored part, correct? Yeah, and so, uh, the reason why I think this needs a rewatch is that I think we're supposed to, you learn. So, you, yeah. Tell me what we learned. Okay, so Jason Schwartzman's the actor. Oh man, how to explain this? <laughs> so Jason Schwartzman is playing the main character in the play, right? His acting, like him as an actor, yeah. not but not Jason Schwartzman, but actor in the movie, yeah. is in a uh, a romance, a romantic relationship with Edward Norton, right? And then. So in the play, his character loses his wife at the begin before the play even starts. Yeah. Edward Norton dies halfway through the run of the play. Right. So I think we're supposed to watch his acting self. We're supposed to find his acting self in his play role. Yeah. Of him truly mourning Edward Norton. Yeah, dealing with grief. Dealing with grief. But through the him trying to play this character who's also dealing with grief, yeah, and then, and you, but you don't know that until he goes to talk to Adrian Brody and says he doesn't understand what's going on, because he doesn't understand why his character did. Uh, what did his character do? Burnt his hand. Burnt his hand. Yeah, and uh, so it's it's almost like you have to rewatch the whole thing, because assuming I'm assuming personally. When we're watching the play, we're watching the latest version of it. Like the, their, their last acting, their last performance. Yeah. And so Edward Norton's already passed. He's dealing with the grief. And in so dealing with the grief, he doesn't know what to do. So he's trying to figure out what to do through the character, which was written by his lover. But then he also doesn't understand the character that he's playing. But the director, Adrian Brody, was like, yes. You are doing it right. Because there is no right way to do it. There's no wrong way to grieve. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah it seems like a lot to just say that. <laughs> no, 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 no. There's more. It, then, is, it is extremely pretentious, this movie. From the opening seconds, when I'm talking about how hard it is to write a play. Yeah, it's... Uh, What's that movie called? You ever seen that movie? Uh, what's it called? Nine and a half? No. 
You know what I'm talking about? No. Um, it's about a, it's a movie about a director making a movie, and it's like a lot of directors' favorite movies, but it's very artistic. Yeah. And so it's like about him cheating on his wife with his star actress and all this stuff and how rom- how it romanticizes making movies. It's a very hard. It's one of those movies you watch and you don't have a good time, but you have more of a good time thinking about it afterwards. Yeah. Uh, but that is, this is Wes Anderson's Nine and a Half. Because it is hard. To make a movie? Oh, it's, it's so hard. It is very difficult, yeah. Trust me, I know. I know that it's fucking hard. I just don't feel like people care that it's hard. Just The thing, the thing I took away from this movie... Is the overall theme across multiple of the storylines, or I guess multiple of the characters inside the play, even some outside, is trying to understand the unknown. So we have the alien, the people inside the play are trying to understand them, and most of them are at least the main ones we're following are dealing with grief and the unknown of death. And then that translate also to outside the play because Edward Norton dies. And so like, I see that through line, but because there is no wrong way to grieve and there is no way of knowing these unknown things. I don't think that there's a takeaway from it. Like it doesn't, it doesn't go anywhere for me. It just tells me things I already knew. Yeah. And maybe maybe if someone that has never grieved before, maybe it holds a different, like, it, it does something to them, and, like, you're like, oh, this is how it is. But, like, I have grieved before, and it, so it did nothing for me. I think it's, that's a good point. I also didn't even put two and two together. The the asteroid that the alien takes. Yeah. And how he just inventories it. Right. Is sim- so the whole movie in the play they're wondering what why did they take the asteroid? Yeah. Why did he do this? Why why? Right? Yeah. When you when you lose someone, you a lot of um a lot of uh, religious people would say why like, right. Why, God, did you take them? Well, it's part of the grieving process. It's bartering. Why? Yeah, like, why? But the fact that the alien, when he brings the asteroid back, he just inventoried it, is is symbolic of you you you, you lose a loved one, they write down their time of death, and then the, whoever did that, they're just done with it. They're like, yep, yeah, they died. It happens all the time. Boom. And that's that. that is what happened. Like, there's... There's no why. It's just, it happened, and now that's it. There's nothing special about it or nothing. Like, they just passed. Yeah. Uh, it, it's interesting. It, the movie's interesting to think about. No, it is. But I, I do not think, like, I, I will say that Wes Anderson worked better in a more traditional story format. I, I don't think his... His style works with something this heavy. I think that if you're going to go this heavy, you have to tweak it up. Yeah, he's working though. 
I know. Like, every, he, he just every has a movie coming out. Yeah. French Dispatch came out. This came out. He has another movie about to come out. Uh, it's new. It just got a trailer or something. People are people are giving that rave reviews, but that is more traditionally like Moonrise Kingdom and Grand Budapest stuff. Moonrise Kingdom is a fucking movie. Um, but I think this movie's worth a watch. Uh, for, sure. for especially for Wes Anderson people, if I, you like his stuff, yeah, yeah, because I don't know if you'll be able to get through this movie if you don't like his stuff. Yeah, I didn't even try to make my wife sit through it and I'm glad because she would have she would have been on her phone (laughs) yeah it's uh oh yeah it's this is what this is this is the what I was talking about when uh you know movies used to be better paced and not boring this movie's boring for a large portion of it yeah I mean for most of it yeah why I I know he does the stop motion, quirky, animated style with Fantastic Mr. Fox and Isle of Dogs. Did he do that too? Yeah. Uh, why Why is the alien gotta look like that? I thought it was great. He's so stupid looking. Like it took me out so much. Like I in when it started to come down, I was like, okay, this is where this movie's going to get going. I love this. I loved that whole scene until. He fucking steps out, and you see his stupid little eyes, and I was like, what the fuck am I watching here? Oh, I loved it. Really? That was my favorite part, yeah. I was like, if, if it was a a funnier movie, you know, like, if, it, if, that was, if that worked well, I get it, but, like, it just doesn't work for me. Yeah, I mean, most of his, obvious, if you've ever seen it, most of his comedy is just, like, deadpan whatever i love that yeah but it doesn't and you're right it doesn't go that was the funniest moment in the movie was the alien it's kinda. true um yeah i don't know but it stuck out so much because of the rest of the movie <laughs> yeah it, it's it's crazy to think about all the characters in the movie and how none of them matter yeah none of them matter and not not only do they not matter every single one of them is a fucking name yeah. And some of them were on there for... Jeff Goldblum's in the movie for 30 seconds. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Jeff Goldblum, Matt Dillon. Uh, Adrian Brody. Steve Carell. Steve Carell, yeah. It's just bad. <laughs> it, not like, you know. It just doesn't make any sense. Like, why? It, it's like... It's almost like he's like, how many characters can I put in this so I can have... That, that list of actors. Yeah. But they all agreed. Which is crazy. Well, I mean, yeah. why wouldn't you agree? It's just, you're there for a day. Yeah. I'm trying to think of what um, ScarJo's character was going through. Because there's that scene where she's leaving as her actress self on the train. Yeah. And then Adrian Brody's director well he just adrian brody's character sends one of the other actors and has those three letters to give her depending on her mood yeah well so she was a well-known she's like the star of the play yeah like she's the most well-known so i think she was just over it i think she's just at that point in her career where she's just over it yeah but what how does that coincide with her character in the play though 
Because a character in the play still is still striving to be the best. She's practicing every day. Well, her her character in the play is still also a, a washed up actress. I know. It's like that's what it is. It's, she's playing herself technically. And he didn't send an actor to get her. He sent some some stagehand. He's an understudy. Oh, an understudy, yeah. And then he gets the part. For, for getting her back. Right. And he is who you think the main character is at the beginning of the movie. Right. But what, it's hard to think what's the role of the kids because they're so prevalent in the whole movie. But they're much... They just don't matter. I think they're there because you see how I think they're there to bridge that gap from grieving and the unknown of death and this alien just come the unknown of space. And because they're children and they're dealing with both at the same time, if he can figure out why the alien came down to do, to steal that asteroid. Cause like he is him and the other kids are, actively trying to contact the alien yeah i think in his mind if he can figure that out he can figure out this grief and the death of his mom hmm. i think that's the whole point there why they're there you that know? makes sense yeah, yeah. and the, in in general the kids are uh all the children in the movie are like geniuses borderline autistic i even think the the main kid is autistic yeah and so it's almost like how he, how an autistic person would deal with grief too, because they have to have facts. Right. He's like, he's trying to quantify it. Yeah. And like, I got all that from the movie. It just didn't do anything for me. Yeah. Well, I think it, I think it has a, a it's a thing of, um, so like Moonrise Kingdom and Grand Budapest has what is well paced. It's yeah. a, it's a pacing problem. Yeah, maybe. It, it is. You're just not, you're just bored. The and whole it, time, and then like the, aside from the alien scene, the only other funny moments, yeah. there's, a, there's, a, there's the only funny moments is when, dudes giving his speeches, freaking hilarious. Oh yeah, yeah. they are yeah. funny. Yeah. And then when he ended that first speech with, "And that's my speech," <laughs> <laughs> I freaking I laughed I I laughed out loud on that one. I was freaking funny. That's true, and that's. That is what I was expecting from the whole movie. Yeah, that's how, that you should get one of those every like three minutes. Yeah, because that's how Moonrise Kingdom is. It's funny the entire time. Yeah. Um, uh, let's talk about Margot Robbie at the end. Because she was originally cast in the play that they are playing as the mother who passed. Who passed. But her one scene got cut. And so she's working on another play across the street. And her and Jason Sportsman yeah. happen to be both about on the balcony and they talk about that scene. Well, she re, she re, she remembers the whole scene and they act it out right. together. And like, and I, the scene is supposed to be her ghost. Right. She said. Yeah. So she, it's, it's a scene where she's already dead. So it. I think that's almost his moment of realization of um, how to deal with the grief, maybe. Well, yeah, see, so, so they're out there, and, like, 
even though that scene is cut and they never have to do it again, they're still workshopping it because that's what actors do. And like, he doesn't know how to grieve and what he's going through. So he's like, I'll workshop with you no matter what. Like, well, let's, let's work. Let's do this. And like, I kind of like the idea of a movie set during a production of a play that's like, um, like more like Black Swan, where, you, where we're seeing this nightly routine of these actors. Because, like, that is rough, doing that shit. Sometimes twice a night. Oh, yeah. It's insane. And, like, seeing someone deal with grief, but, like, do it more, like, a, a more traditional story, telling, you know, yeah. Oh, device. Yeah. I, I, like, I think that that would have worked. But this is, this is so fucking weird. The way it jumps from the TV program to the to the behind the scenes of the play to the actual play, and then we get intermissions and scene cards and all kinds of stuff. Like I just so many intermissions and scene cards. It's I just insane. don't understand why all of that was necessary for this. Yeah. Oh yeah. There's a lot of stuff. I, man, this there, movie... there is a good movie in here. I agree with you. Yeah. There is you a just have movie. to watch it three times. Because you, you, you have to watch it, you have to watch it again just to figure out what the heck is going on with Maya Hawk's teacher and the cowboy. Why are they in the movie? <laughs> what is their relationship? What's the purpose of it? it I don't know. See, you you would have to just watch the movie once just to focus on that the whole time, and you would just have to do that until you get everything. Is that just another? It's like it's this movie's kind of like Bo is Afraid. I haven't seen that yet. I know, but um, I only stu- I only understood about a third, maybe 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 no, about a third. The last third of Bo is Afraid I got. The first two thirds, I'm got no clue. Uh, it's it, it's like that. I think. I don't think it's that deep. Well, no, I don't know if it's that deep. <laughs> I think you need to watch it more than once to get everything. Yeah, maybe. I think maybe that her character, you know, she's a teacher for young kids, but uh, a religious teacher. I think it's supposed to just be the religious aspect dealing with the, oh, an unknown alien and death. Yeah, she's trying to explain the alien and can't do it. Right. Because it's, it's hard to explain. It's it's like her dealing trying to explain grief to the kids. Right, exactly. Like oh, that, that is, it is a... Life-altering event for someone religious to yeah. see an alien, just like yeah. the death in a family is a life-altering. And then event. you get a like a, a cowboy kind of character who comes in to help explain, and they're in general a cowboy is a very um, like a they're not complicated, right? Like, yeah, they well they see life they see life how it is, and he kind of just gets in there and is like, "Yep, this is what happened." Not much we can change about it now, but that's what happened. You don't really got to... We're not going to know what happened. Yeah, we don't have to understand it. It just happened. Yeah, I think that's all that is. I don't think it's super deep. It's just a bunch of different ways people are dealing with grief. Yeah. Or the unknown. Just Just a feeling that you don't know. Like, just something you can't deal with. I think that's all it is. Oh, hold on. What about the... Because this is a play. Yeah. And obviously, um... 
act. I, we're not actors, but uh, oh, I am an actor. Trust <laughs> <laughs> me. Hey, um, what if there's also we know that, or at least I assume, just based on it, that this is the last production of the play that we're watching. Personally, I don't know why I assume. I just think it's the 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 one going on today. Okay. What if they're on the end of the run and they're getting ready to have to leave their characters behind? And so all actors always say they grieve. Some yeah. of them say they they get sad when they have to leave certain characters. Yeah. And so it's almost gr- everyone's grieving at the fact that they this is might be their last time playing these characters who they've played for the last six months during this run of the play. Right. Which has to be pretty difficult. It does have to be, and like that's what I'm saying. It's like there is a good movie here. If you focus on that, and it, it's a more traditional story. Yeah. But he had to go and Wes Anderson it. Really, I have a question. Okay. There's huge Roadrunner, the Looney Tune Roadrunner, like vibes. Yeah, I mean that's what a real Roadrunner looks like. Well, yeah. Well, yeah. you have the Roadrunner. Uh-huh. The backgrounds look exactly like it. The the wild car chase at the beginning and the end is almost like what happens multiple times throughout the it's weird yeah i think it's just the supposed to show that we're in a play something the same happens every day like you're doing the same thing it's the repetition really that's what i got from it because it doesn't make any sense it happens like three or four times during the movie that this car it's a car chase. It's, it's getting chased chase. by another car. And they're shooting and each they're other. They're shooting at each other, right through town. No one notices it or make, like references mm-hmm. it. Like they, they just, just watch it go by and then they just keep going. Yeah, it's bonkers. It, unless that's supposed to be like a, a, like the noise from the city that they're doing the play in. Yeah, they are in. I think they're in Chicago. Yeah. That's good. That could be possible. It's like the outside noise. Yeah, that's weird. It is. It's weird. Yeah. This is what happens when you let directors, you let them do whatever they want. Yeah, we were talking about that last week. Who was it? Uh, you said, yeah, you were talking about someone who you have to rein in. Oh, Rebel Moon with Zack Oh, Zack Snyder. Yeah, rein his ass in. Yes. Yeah, yeah. To get the best out of him. Right. Yeah. So. Yeah, there is a good movie there. I think it is worth a watch if you like his movies. But this movie might go up a half a point just on thinking about it for a week. Yeah, it could. But I don't think it's going up more than half a point. Because it's boring. It's it, it that's like the this is the most crucial thing that people directors these days are failing at. In, in watching these older movies just really uh pushes that to the forefront and you know as you get older so i'm a lot older than you yeah. <laughs> but like you're getting to that point where you're you're borderline fucking old yeah. you know you don't got time for that shit anymore doesn't it feel like that yeah well i have that problem because it's hard for me that's why i'm liking this because i i really struggle with watching movies again because i'm like why would i watch a movie i've seen when there's a thousand yeah, movies when i can watch, watch another one yeah. you know uh it it takes a good it takes a good movie for me to have watch it again like, so, like multiple times right so I've always been more of a movie person um 
So, like, I, I'm less picky about my movies. I'm more picky about my video games. The older I get, the... 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 What's the word? The less... <laughs> I was struggling for a second. The less video games I play. Because I just... You can't keep your attention the whole time. Yeah, I, I, I'm... I don't want to be bored at all. I, I'm extremely picky. It's expensive. I don't want to deal with playing subpar, even a, even a good game. I want to play a great game. That's it. And I feel like you've always been more of a video game player, and you watch good movies. Like, I'll watch some shitty-ass movies, and yeah. I enjoy it myself. Uh, you, you, you try to stay away from the shitty movies. I do, yeah. So I think that it's the opposite for us. I, I'm getting picky with my video games. You're getting picky with your movies. I, I do. That is a good idea. Really good thing. Cause like, cause I had, I made sure to have a lot of time off for Labor Day just cause I don't, I work six to seven days a week and right. don't ever have time off. So I gave myself a little break and I was going to, I hate, because of those movies, it prevented me from playing all the games I wanted to play. <laughs> I was going to beat, beat Final Fantasy before Mortal Kombat came out that and happened. I freaking only got like eight hours in Final Fantasy. <laughs> and so I'm still like, just pushing halfway through the mother of a game. That's funny that we're completely opposite like that. Yeah. Uh, so we'll go ahead and roll down. But I, my movie thought, I should have brought it up. I just struggle. Yeah. Um, it was about Steven Somers in general. I think they should get him back. And we should get a Mummy 4. But Brendan Fraser said he's down. I know. I think that they should get him back. And they should... Make a Mummy Four. They should make sure they get Rachel Wise. Yeah, and like, and Jonathan. Oh yeah, whatever. And like, if you can get Benny in there too, honestly, he died at the end of the first one. I know, but like, you're bringing back mummies from the dead. Did what? Did we watch him die though? No. He just gets locked in that tomb. He gets locked in the tomb with the the Beatles, and then it goes dark. We don't get actually mm-hmm. see him die. Yeah, yeah. And if. You could do it with the Mummy Four, or you could do it into a sequel. I'm saying have a crossover with Van Helsing, go all the way. Oh God! So Van Helsing takes place in like the 15s, I think, maybe 14s, 15s, something like that. But he's he's a werewolf, so he doesn't have him age slow, and have him pop yeah. up in the 40s with with Rick. I think it'd be a fucking blast. Yeah, that is true. Man, we gotta watch Van Helsing one time too, because there's so many. Dude, in uh, the the guy playing Dracula in Van Helsing's top three Draculas of all time. Oh no, he is not. Yeah, he is. He's no. so good. <laughs> he is. He's great. He is. You know who my favorite Dracula is? Hold on, hold on. Oh, you're gonna say Christopher Lee? Oh, yeah, easy. Yeah. Have you ever seen that one? No. His first one? Nope. Oh my god, it's gonna be. You're gonna watch that this uh, this October for one of your movies. It's gonna be game changing for you. He is. Excellent as Dracula. Yeah. Uh, you for for October, you should watch the Netflix Dracula uh, series because each one of those episodes could be considered a movie because they're all hour and a half. Well, I'm down. Yeah, because that guy is good. At Dracula is impressive. Our October podcasts are going to be bonkers because I'm going to watch a movie a day. I don't know if I can do that. I try to watch a movie a day anyway, but my my wife and daughter can't stand to watch movies with me. Man, I try. I try. <laughs> that's like a goal is to watch a movie a day usually. But man, when you work twelve hour shifts, 
I don't got time. Yeah, when I worked the night shift, I didn't watch any movies. Yeah, you know it's hard to do. All right. Uh, so, thanks for listening. Sorry it was a little all over the place. Still working on getting this to flow right. I think it's going to take a couple weeks. That's okay. Yeah. Um, like I said, next week we're going to do Gladiator, the first Tobey Maguire Spider-Man, and the live-action Little Mermaid. So if that sounds fun, hopefully uh, we get you to come back and listen to us. We drop episodes on Monday, correct? Correct, yeah. It was Tuesday this week because of Labor Day. Oh, that makes sense, yeah. Um, so it'll be back to Monday like normal. Yes. All right. Well, anyway, thanks for listening, and hope to see you guys again. Thanks. Bye. Okay. One, two, three.